back again after only a three months sabbatical. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no Chase Film Society, the podcast, man. Appreciate y'all rocking with us yet again. I am Chris Ali, and uh, this is No Chase Film Society, the podcast dedicated to discussion, debate, uh, inspired by the movies that we watch. And as always, back with me again, the head honcho of this OTS thing we got going, the one and only Derek. What's good, my brother? Everything's everything, bro. How you been? Everything's good, man. You know, surviving the quarantine. Took yeah. A, <laughs> took, a, took a little quarantine break for about three months, maybe four months now. It's all good, man. But, coming uh, back strong. Coming back strong, exactly. You know, we're back again. We appreciate y'all for enduring during the wait with us. Uh, I've been hearing that y'all been looking for us, man. So that's that's much love and much appreciation. And uh, just prepare yourselves for another round of this No Shades Film Society and these discussions. We got a, another, another chamber or another clip, I should say, you know, for y'all with this one. Sure. And uh, we're gonna jump right into it, man. So D, we've been talking off and on, man, throughout this, this little period of time we was on this sabbatical. Yeah, we've been in contact, and you know, you told me a few things you've been watching and some stuff that got your attention. So we're going to open up with these comparing the notes as we always have done, and I'm gonna let you have the flow, man. You got it, man. Look, so <laughs> I've been I've been really wanting to talk about this one for a while. Um, I actually. I, I I actually checked out um, Brokeback Mountain, which I had never seen before. Take, mm-hmm. Well, scrap that. I did watch like the first, I think, twenty minutes, and then I turned it off. Mm-hmm. Um, when it when I think, God, I don't even remember when that movie came out. I think it was like oh six oh seven or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I watched it probably around. 10 years ago just to start it and then I was like nah man I can't do this turn it off Mm -hmm. and okay that was (laughs) a that was that movie that was really good I I didn't expect all of that that was that was a really a, a, a great uh love story Okay, so to those of us who don't know, or those yeah. who don't know, Brokeback Mountain is a film that came out about, shit, we talking about over 12, 13 years ago? Maybe? Easy, easy. Um, and it's a it's a homosexual love story. Yeah. Well, Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I believe Michelle Williams is also in it. She is, and All I right. didn't even remember her being in that movie. Right. So that's a little background to people listening. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'll be completely honest. So when I first heard about it, I was still, you know, heavy in church. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it came out in 05. So that's been 15 years now. 15 years. Yeah. Um, I was still heavy in church. And my my um, perspective on on, you know, homosexuality and stuff like that was more aligned with how the church sees things. Mm-hmm. So I can be completely honest about it. I, my, my perspective was more um, homophobic, I guess, in terms of all that stuff. But 
over the last, I'd say eight years or so, I, I, I just, I, you know, I moved away from all that and, and, you know, I've evolved and for the last, I'd say the last two to three years, I've been, I, it's, every time I would hear about that movie, I'm like, man, I need to, I actually need to watch that. Cause I, I've heard how great it was and, and, you know, all the accolades that they, that they uh, accumulated after the film. Um, I was like, I need to see this. So I go on stars and it's like one of the films that are about to actually, you know, they're about to actually take off the website. So I said, let me go ahead and check it out just so it doesn't, you know, leave before I watch it, man. I really, when, when I first up to the, so I stopped the first time I watched it, I stopped at the first sex scene. Right. And when I, when I watched this, like I watched it like two weeks ago and what I remember about that movie was more like vulgar and, and um, uh, what's the right word? Um, more graphic from what I remember than what I saw. Mm-hmm. There, there was, I mean, of course, you know what's going on, but they're not showing anything like that. And you know what, Matt? Heath Ledger, I really wish this dude did not pass away because I can only imagine how many more roles he would have taken on and how how we probably would have ranked him in terms of, of the greats. This was a, a really, really good role. And, and like, he killed it. He killed it. Jake killed it. All right, so now I'm a guy who's never seen the film, and I'm going to my experience with what kept me from it. But I want you to talk a little bit more about what the film was about. You know, if you can, just give me a, a concept. Yeah, what. so there's two, two it's, guys. It's a, it's a cowboy story, at the same time. It's a cowboy story, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I would say more like a rancher. Like, they're um, these two guys that, that are looking for work, mm-hmm. like, during the summer. And uh, they're herding sheep on, mm-hmm. on Brokeback Mountain. And I f- I'm not sure where that is. Um, I think that's... The story takes place between Texas and... Um, I forgot what the, what the other state was. Mm-hmm. But um, so they're, they're herding sheep up, up the mountain and they're out there for a long time. And um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, um, he actually, uh, his name is Jack Twist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Heath's uh, was Ennis uh, Delmar. Jack, you could tell from the beginning of the movie was more, um, he seemed to be more curious from the start um and a little bit more flirtatious um Ennis didn't you know he was I'm, I'm not going for that he was more just like you know that's not you know <laughs> I'm not putting out those vibes so uh but it just I don't I don't know um 
they just got along. They re- they really became really good friends up there, and yeah, just I guess one thing led to another for them, and and they went they for it. Started fucking. Yeah, <laughs> but they had to keep it a secret. They had to keep it a secret, and they both got married. Um, both had kids, and um, Jack would always take these trips to Ennis um, to see Ennis. I think it was like a 14-hour drive, and he would go to see Ennis. They'd go on what they call fishing trips, and they would just spend time together. Um, so I, and I, I honestly, I felt watching the movie, I really felt bad for them because of the fact that they had to, um, live this secret life and, you know, they couldn't be together because, and Ennis even said it was like, you know, like he, um, he said something to the, something to the effect of, you know, they can't do this because of the fact that they would be killed. I can't remember which one of them, um, but when they were a kid, I think it was Ennis, when he was a kid, uh, his dad took him and his brother to see a guy that was actually killed for for being gay. And it was that memory that just, like, he was just, like, you know, traumatized by so there was no way in hell that you know anything was like that was going to go on um especially not publicly and that's what they were that's what they were afraid of so they they i would honestly recommend watching this movie bro this is this is a movie um i think that would actually be a great film for us to discuss uh in the for the future um just because of how um in depth the story is it's a really, really intriguing story. Right. Um, and, and honestly, it actually made me feel more um, um, compassion for, for people in the LGBTQ community that have to, that feel like they have to live like that, where they have to live in this secret um, right. uh, lifestyle, or they have to, live, they have to secretly love the person that they love it's a very intriguing story i i i i really hate that i didn't uh watch it when i when i first uh thought i'd check it out um but i wasn't in that place in that moment in my life to receive the film and at least receive the story the way i did now man that was that 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 movie that i i, I would actually go buy that movie that's one of those i'm not I haven't bought a physical copy of a movie in a long time, but I'm like reserving that for films that I really, really, really want to, you know, keep. Right. That's that's one of those that I I would go buy, for sure. Okay. For sure, that was a really good movie. Well, um, I'm familiar with Brokeback Mountain. Um, it, it was a very popular movie. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> We might as well come back from sabbatical with, uh, with some controversial shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here we go. Um, I- I'm going to say this, okay? I-, I grew up in a very um, 
kind of like you did, actually. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in a Christian household. I grew up in a, in a Muslim household. But, um, you know, the, the, the consequence, the result is still kind of the same. Yeah. Is that you don't grow up in, in religious households pretty much, um, well, especially in the Black community, with yeah. a whole lot of um, education when it comes to people of, of, of a homosexual lifestyle. You know, there, there's not much room in, in most black homes to, to really facilitate tolerance for that. Right. You know, right. right. Um, and, and, and we can go into why, you know, in another conversation, why yeah. they're like that. But, um, but there's really not much education in those households in general based on sex at all. Uh, well, true, but, you know, in, in, in typical religious homes, particularly black homes, you know, heterosexual mm-hmm. relationships are, are fostered. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Encouraged. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's staying obvious, you know. For sure, for sure. Um, I was um, in one of those homes where the homosexual lifestyle was something that definitely was not celebrated. You know, yeah. it's, it's definitely something that wasn't, wasn't encouraged. And that, of course, bleeds into movie tastes and yeah. film tastes for me. Yeah. I say this with no disrespect to anybody in the homosexual community that's listening. I say this with out of any type of, um, again, with, with no intended insult or disrespect, but that's just something that I have not grown or matured into really seeing um, seeing beyond, which is, you know, homosexual stories told on screen. Right. I haven't really got to that point yet. It just is what it is for me. Now, well, I should say, to be specifically, or to be specific, I should say, um, male on male, homosexual stories um i i just have not matured i'll say to be able to watch that without a bias you know without a level of discomfort not as in oh i hate this shit not as in oh this shit is um this is sick or whatever not from that point of view it's just i don't have the 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 maturity to watch it from an unbiased point of view i'll just be honest about that but there is a film though that's out there that's um a foreign film okay. that's called uh, Blue is the Warmest Color. I think it actually won a, uh, a, a um, at the Cannes F- Film Festival, oh, a big okay. award, Cannes Film Festival. But that's actually a lesbian uh, story from a homosexual point of view about two lesbians. And that's a movie I liked a whole lot, right? Uh-huh. So I can say, you know, with, 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 full, ad, you know, with, with full admission that I can, I can take lesbian sex on screen mm-hmm. a little bit better than I can take male <laughs> sex on screen. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for obvious reasons, man. You know, and, mm-hmm. and we don't have to get into that. That's, that's my heterosexual nature. That's playing into that, mm-hmm. of course. And my preference for, for women and my preference for a heterosexual lifestyle does influence that, that I can watch women on screen, you know, getting freaky over two men on screen. And that is what creates an obstruction from me, for me to watch a movie like Brokeback Mountain. And right. I am admittedly and honestly, you know, saying to, to you in the audience that I have an issue with male-on-male sex. Yeah. Um, with that said, I did make a commitment going into this podcast to pretty much watch everything because I'm, I'm a film lover. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cinema head, you know, yeah. so I'm, I'm pretty much prone to watch anything. And that's a film that has gathered enough attention and gathered enough conversation 
Well, you know, it should be watched. You know, it does deserve a viewing. When I'm going to get around to that, I don't know, D. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know because, like I said, and I and I admit to it. And those of you are out there who have criticism for me for that, I deserve that criticism. But it's going to take me a minute. It's going to take me some time to interest, to to put some introspective thought, yeah, yeah. <laughs> into myself, and um, and just and just approach that because there, there's there's some issues that uh, my own masculinity prevent me from from engaging with a film like that my right. own spiritual position because I, I do believe it. And this is where the conversation, I guess, gets tense because I do believe that, that you deserve respect. You deserve a measure of safety. You deserve a measure of, uh, of, of integrity and dignity for whatever you do in your personal life. You just, you still deserve measures of full measures of respect and dignity and security. Sure. I don't encourage, uh, any darkness or any violence towards anybody of any homosexual lifestyle. That's my personal belief. But at the same time, I feel like that those of us who have spiritual disconnect with the homosexual lifestyle, mm -hmm. those of us who have a spiritual issue with the homosexual lifestyle have to, in some kind of way, feel like we have to retreat when it comes to our approach to that, when it comes mm -hmm. to our belief in that, that we believe that life is 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 cultivated through a man and a woman you know mm -hmm. and i'm one of those who believe that that's why i say we i'm one of those who believe that live your life how you want to man go in any direction you choose to go in that's between you and whatever deity you serve you know but okay. those of us who who see that deity from a different perspective which is a heterosexual perspective mm -hmm. you know give us a little tolerance too you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. That's my perspective because when you grow up in an environment where you're taught, "Hey, man, this is a, I'm just gonna be honest with you. This is a sin towards God. This is this is the communication mm -hmm. that we're given. Mm -hmm. It's gonna take time as you as you had to grow. Yeah, it yeah. takes time for people to evolve into that. Yeah. you know, just like it takes time for some homosexuals to come out and admit their homosexuality. They right. need time. They need development. They need courage. Whatever it is that they have to walk into and grow into to be able to tell the world they're gay. As a heterosexual man, I can speak on my, and speak on behalf of myself, give us that time to grow and to evolve, to see the, the immaturity in our ways, if that's what right. it is. Right, 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 um, right, right. Give us a turn chance to see what we need to view and the tolerance that we have to develop. Right. And maybe that starts with being able to watch these kind of stories on, on film. Maybe that starts with being able to watch these kind of stories told in other contexts, period. Mm -hmm. But um, Brokeback Mountain is a film that I, I definitely feel like could give me a perspective on uh, on that, you know. Yeah, so, so it we, could. We, we can we can commit to getting around to that. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, because like I, I um, was 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 uh, interesting too. Is I actually have a. Um, I have a friend of mine that I grew up with that just came, uh, he, he just, uh, told my sister and I probably what, maybe like a year ago now, uh, that, that he was gay. And I'm like, bro, I, like I've known that for, I don't know how long, like, you know, it's all in his lifestyle. I, I could, I, there were certain, there were certain things that I picked up on, um over the course of i'd say maybe like the previous 
two to three years that um that that led me to believe that that he probably was and and, and I told him so you know honestly I, I don't I don't it doesn't make me care about you any less you know so you're still my boy like I I don't have a problem with it it's just something like and we we both we both went to the same church too you know so that's something that um that uh played a hand in that too because he he even said like you know from what he understood his his family wasn't aware of that um but he was afraid he was afraid to to tell them he was afraid to tell especially to tell his mom um and it was just it was one of those things that i think while i was watching the film i started thinking about him and um mm. actually another another friend of mine who uh, i look at as a younger brother uh he he told me about i think like late maybe like november last november he uh we we actually went to lunch and and he told me like I, again i like i already knew like i had a, i had a i had a a, a pretty good so you got a bunch of your partners coming out the closet on your ass, man. About, about two of them so far, um, <laughs> you know, and and I, you know, I thought about them watching this film, so it gave me a different perspective while I was watching it of empathy and understanding, because in the film, Ennis and and Jack could not live the way they wanted to live out of fear of what people would think. Right. what people how people will feel society as a whole and that's how how my friends were growing up in church because mm -hmm. all of us went to the same church so it was like you know that's that's how they had to feel and i remember you know talking to both of them at different times like um about you know like dating different women or what or whatnot and um it was always it was always something that just felt like a more a difficult situation with them back then i always i always felt like it was a little more difficult for them but i didn't know why and you know of course now i know right. that's the reason why and, and and it just it just made me feel so sad for them um that that they had to go through that you know, so yeah, that that's that's. But I, I mean, I, you got you got. I mean, that's natural. You're gonna have empathy, yeah, you know, towards, yeah. towards people that you know and people that you're close to, regardless of what lifestyle decisions they have. Yeah, um, yeah, you're gonna feel empathy. Yeah, it, so I can it, understand that. And that, but that that's something that I think that um, when you look at that film, even if you don't know anybody that's in that position, you're mm -hmm. still gonna feel that. Like this film, like makes you feel like, 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 damn, like, why can't they just be together? You know, and 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 that's that's coming from someone that that you know, I I had the same views, you know, uh, but I I, I oh, just over the last few years, just kind of like I challenged myself on that, you know, of of why. So is let me ask you this. Uh, as far as a question I want to throw at you regarding this. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what are your views towards the Bible? 
and and now because I, I understand you grew up a Christian. Mm -hmm. So are are you viewing the Bible different now in this state in your life? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I, I, I have for the last few years, to be honest. Um, that's something that I think I'm still I'm still working through because mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like it's um, it's an it's an excellent tool, but it's also something that was tampered with long ago. You know, so a lot of the stuff that we read from that comes from a um, um, patriarchal perspective that was that was so strict and um skewed so it, it, it in various ways not even just in in this in this uh situation but in, in different ways even when it came to women like there's no book of the bible i mean there are books of the bible that are written by women but mm -hmm. in the bible that you go by there's nothing from any woman it's all men that wrote it and 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 that's what's that's what's taught in church that men wrote the Bible, but it's incomplete. It's incomplete if you don't have everything together. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that um, I think my perspective on that has has uh, evolved as well. Um, I I don't know how you can um, believe this as a whole and you don't have all the information. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's 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 an incomplete uh, um, doctrine. And then you have to also, you also have to go like out of your way to find those other books to read those. But my thing is also, you don't even know the full thought of the of the writer because. <clears throat> this is being interpreted between from, from Hebrew and Greek, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And unless you read it in Hebrew, unless you read it in Greek, you're not going to get a full understanding of anything. I agree with that. <clears throat> so it, it's it, all that together just makes me, um, it makes me look at it differently um, and not base everything I believe on that just i look at, at at it as a tool there's I, you can learn so much from it just like you can learn so much from other people and from any walk of life um whether it's a homeless person that that you that you bump into in atlanta or 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 a pastor preaching at a church I, like whatever whatever whoever you bump into i believe you can learn something from so I, I don't, the Bible is not uh, useless. It is a tool, but it's, it's an incomplete, uh, an incomplete book. It, it, it most definitely is. So I can't, I can't base my whole life off something that's incomplete. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. um, well, in that respect, the reason why I ask is because in that respect, I, I differ with you a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. as far as the Bible, I don't really call it the Bible. Mm -hmm. I prefer to call them the scriptures, mm -hmm. but um, as 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 an individual who strives to emulate the teachings of the scriptures or tries to apply those those principles to my life, mm 
I would have to say, I agree with you. I believe that the only way to really get a full, pure interpretation and understanding of the scriptures is to get it from its original language and its original cultural uh, point of view, which is right, right. really ultimately the Hebrew, because the Bible, so-called mm -hmm. Bible, because um, the Bible is a, is a westernized English uh, creation. Right. Of that, the that we're also, and, we're, and that's another thing, we're also looking at it we're reading stories from our perspective and not theirs. Right, right. So is it, you can't you can't apply everything from back then to well, now. You lose you lose something, and anytime you translate from one language to another, you're gonna lose something. For sure. Unfortunately, the Hebrew language is is really a language that you really can't translate into English. You can attempt to, mm -hmm. but you lose so much, and that's what you have in the Bible. Is you right. have a translation, um, even with the Greek. The Greek is is much later. The majority of the scriptures you, you read, even the New Testament, came out of Hebrew culture. Right. And if you don't understand it from that point of view, uh, you lose a whole lot. So I totally agree with you on that. But with that said, um, I'm an individual that that strives to to live by the principles of the scripture, right? right. Or from right. a Hebrew cultural perspective. I, I deeply believe, personally, in renewing your, your thinking and your thought process to line up with an Eastern point of view, which is the Hebrew or the, uh, the point of view of Israel. Right. Um, with that said, okay, that's something that I believe that the people and those who practice and live in a homosexual lifestyle are gonna always have a conflict with, when it, or have, a, have an issue with, I guess, mm -hmm. um, when it comes to somebody like me who wants to view and live their life from the perspective of the scriptures, of the Hebrew mm -hmm. scriptures, because we can't compromise one fact, and that is the Hebrew scriptures or the scriptures, the Bible, whatever you want to call it, doesn't give you room to live a homosexual life um, without it being viewed as sin or being viewed as something that's not of, um, of the Most High, as I call the Most High. Some people want to call him God or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the, the scriptures don't give you that, 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 that lifestyle as an acceptable lifestyle. Neither does it give you a, home, a, a lifestyle as fornication or adultery or that of a liar or a thief. It doesn't put those sins in any type of way as far as a homosexual, uh, uh, what some people would call, the scripture calls sin. I know those who are homosexual will have an issue with hearing me say it like that, but I'm just speaking from a perspective of what the Bible, so-called Bible says, is that that way of life is considered a sin, right? Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, then really the scripture doesn't say that homosexuality is no better or no worse than any other sin. So that's where I would have to say, as a person who strives to look at life through the lens of scripture, if, you, if you're a homosexual, you have to accept and make peace with the fact that people who live by scripture or live by uh, what some would call a religious standard, that is gonna be a conflict. That is gonna be a separation point, you know? And I and I just think we have to come come and in, and in, in come to a middle ground when it comes to that. Yeah. I do not believe people should be disrespected. I'm gonna keep emphasizing that. Cause and yeah. even in my communication about this, I am making an attempt to be respectful in how I even express this opinion. Right. Because right. I don't I don't think anybody's um this is where I, I guess people will get will get uh into the fuck you, Chris <laughs> zone with this. But <laughs> I don't think no sin deserves to be amplified over the next, which would mean, yes, I do believe that there's uh, a sin in homosexuality. I'm not going to compromise that. That's what I believe. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that there is respect 
that you have to give everyone, regardless of what their issue is or whatever they're walking in. Yeah. And if I'm one that believes that that homosexuality is a reflection of a, of a sin, then you have a right to come at me for my my tendency uh, to have had experiences in fornication, you know what I mean, or adultery mm -hmm. or whatever I've been caught up in in my life. I deserve the same criticism mm -hmm. for that. And I deserve the same respect and opportunity to evolve and grow and, and whatever my thinking is. As someone who is, is engaged in a homosexual lifestyle has a right to live their life, however they see fit, whether mm -hmm. to evolve or not evolve. That's the right. issue in, into, their, into their homosexual choices. Right. Um, but people have heard me on this podcast before. D, like I said, we, we're yeah. not playing games with people on here. People have heard that I, I tend to, <laughs> to back away from, from the homosexuality that we talk about and we point out in the films that we discuss. Or I have a certain expression towards it. Um, like I said, guy on guy is just something I'm not comfortable with as far as my own personal observation, my own personal uh, walks in life. I've, I've never had experiences where I have had to be or have been comfortable with that. Right, right, Because right. I'm a black man, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's just the, 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 what we're growing up with. That's the environment that, that we're around. You know, that's not something that we embrace. It's not something that we condone. Mm -hmm. And I understand it makes me come off and sound a certain type of way. Mm -hmm. But I'm being honest when I say that. That as a black man, and particularly as a black man who grew up in a very religious home, mm -hmm. certain things that we were taught to look at in certain ways. And homosexuality is one of those things we were taught to look at as disfavorable within our community. Yeah. It is. It, yeah. And, and I see that that's why I think um, for me, I, I actually started looking at it in terms of the films themselves. Um, I started thinking about it from a different perspective. Like if, if I only watch films that I'm comfortable watching, I'm not, I'm not catching different perspectives. I agree with that. Agree you know what I'm saying? That. Like, like you're not, you're not able to understand different viewpoints and that, that does, it does, it's not even just with, with films like this, uh, even, even foreign films, like, like when we watched uh, the farewell, you know, we had that discussion, that movie was primarily uh, spoken, uh, spoken in, um, what was that? Uh, uh, I think it was Japanese. 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 I believe it was Japan. That movie was based in. Okay. Yeah. See, and 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 that was a great story. Awesome story. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because it kind of plays off of what we're talking about. Right. Is that you have a certain cultural standard in the East over yeah. here. Yeah. And you have a certain cultural standard in the West. Yeah. And neither one of them really, particularly, neither one of them really want to compromise anything. Right. 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 To coexist with each other. Right. You know, so yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. A, that's a good example. Yeah, and, and 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 that film as as simple of a story as it was, it was a really really good story that I never would have um I never would have paid attention to had I not just said, you know what, let me just go ahead and watch it. You know, and that's right. that's what I that's what I love about the show is that it forces is is forced me to watch different movies I I normally would not have watched, right. like Dolomite for example, that that movie. Five minutes in, I'm seeing him like Jesus Christ, this is <laughs> horrible, <laughs> horrible, but but the 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 um 
the message that I got from that movie, even though the movie was shot horribly, we, we've said it on the show before, as as bad as a movie as that, as that was, the the um the lesson that I learned from it was so valuable. You know what I'm saying? And and that's what I got from Brokeback Mountain was was just how like I know you know people that 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 feel like they have to hide who they are i know they go through di- through different things but to to see that perspective even though this movie was the time period for this movie was i think maybe like the 50s or something like that mm-hmm. 40s or 50s oh really yeah it wasn't it wasn't set in a like modern day um even though the time period for it was was back then like you get a sense of despair and and um um hopelessness watching it and and that's something that that's timeless the the being able to to feel um what what the character is going through that's something that it doesn't matter what time period you're shooting in, like that's something you can always human emotions and hum- or human emotions and exactly. Regardless, exactly. right? Yeah. So the experiences that that Ennis and Jack had in this film, uh, honestly, bro, it, it like it it will probably make you feel uncomfortable watching it, um, like like in the in the beginning of it, but when if you if you're able to get past that initial wave. The movie itself, the story is so, it's so good. It, it it's really really good, and and mm-hmm. now it's making me want to find other movies, um, within that genre to see what other perspectives there are, what what other right. experiences are, and. Well, I'll, I'll say this: uh, blue is the warmest color, even though it's it's a lot of girl on girl sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of good girl on girl sex too in in that movie. <laughs> um, it, it is really at the at the heart a really good story. It's it beyond yeah. the sex scenes, and it's, yeah. it's a I think it's a French movie, so it's pretty in your face. Sex, okay. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but like you said, with with, with the film you experienced, when I experienced Warm as the Bluest Color, it was really a, a a deeper story in that. Yeah. That you that you felt that was really not sexual between right. these two women. Right. So I, I feel it's a pretty long movie too. I think it's almost three hours. Oh, really? Within that, yeah. But I recommend that. I do recommend that um, as well. So I understand. I, I connect with what yeah. you're saying. I'm not gonna commit to to the uh, dive into the gay genre. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, because like I said, I I, I do find a, a measure of uncomfortability with gay guy on guy sex. You know, man on man. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll check this one out, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, you know, we, we can do that. Yeah, this um, was this was really really intriguing. Yeah, and and to everybody in society listening, you know, like the the, the society is for everybody, you know, in yeah. actuality, for sure. Because I want to be accepted for who I am, as I accept anybody for who they are, and we can just disagree. We can talk. We can we can argue it out. We can disagree. I'm sure some some of my perspectives expressed in this conversation might have um, caused some homosexual people to 
to kind of raise an eyebrow. Reach out to me. You know, come at my neck. That's what this is for. Because I'm damn sure coming at yours. Right, you, right, right. If you, right. If, you <laughs> if you if you express something towards me that that I feel is out of line or maybe ignorant to a point of view. And I'm not all that intelligent when it comes to the homosexual lifestyle or homosexual experiences. I'm not mm-hmm. all that um you know articulate when it comes to that. Right. So I can be checked. I don't have a problem with being talked to regarding that. So in advance, just know that I have no issue at all with, with, with people personally. And I have and I don't condone disrespect or any aggression towards anybody for how they choose to live their life. Yeah, and, and honestly- And I know this film kind of contains some of that. That's why I want to, from what I heard, I want to understand. Because I've heard about yeah. the film over the years. Yeah. I just never watched it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just want to, I just want to just kind of state that and, and, and appeal to everybody for whatever choice you make in life. Um, mm-hmm. It's always respect over here for me. But see, and that's another thing. This, this is, this is the, that's one thing that I, that I'm seeing with, uh, with this year in general. Mm-hmm. Um, people that, that don't, um, know certain things or certain perspectives, uh, like, like are actually trying to learn those things, um, more now uh for whatever it is you know we, we've seen so much of uh, 2020 has been one hell of a year um I, I i don't know if there's actually been another year like this um <laughs> but yeah, this, this has definitely been some catastrophic shit man. it's been a lot of stuff and but i'm, I'm seeing people a lot of people now actually like learning or trying to learn wanting to, to learn um different perspectives like I, like even as a black man i don't know what a lot of people that are that are that are asian or or um maybe from india uh different countries in africa like what other people in other nations go through I, mm. because i grew up in america as a black man i i i don't know different perspectives that well right you know what i'm saying and right, I'm trying, I'm trying my best to learn and understand the, the, whether you agree or disagree, that's a different conversation, you know what I'm saying? But, but being able to put yourself in a position to want to learn, to want to understand, I think as long as we can all do that from, for each other and, 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 and just put ourselves in those positions where we're uncomfortable for a minute to try to understand someone else that's different from us. I think that's, that's something that if we can do that, we'll be, we'll be better off. We'll be, we'll be much better off just from that alone. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm just saying that that's, that's just what I'm seeing a lot more now. and, Mm -hmm. And I can appreciate that. Um, and I, I'm I I've been trying to do that a lot more just over the last few years in general, but I think that's something that that I'm trying to do even more now, um, because of the stuff that that's gone on in the last few months. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's put me in a different space. Right. 
And that's kind of what we're going to get into a, a little later on, man, with, with some of the stuff that we've seen, you know, oh, yeah. during this quarantine time. Because, I mean, there's a lot of self-reflection that, yeah. that I can say I applied to my life, and I'm sure a lot of people applied to their life For sure. during this time. You know, you, we definitely had the time to do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if you didn't, you just, you so, just, I don't know what the hell you've been doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> This is so, all right, man. Well, uh, you've definitely taken us in an interesting direction, you know, as far as the whole homosexuality conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. That's what we're here for, man. So, if anybody wants to add to this, then, you know, you know where to find us at NC Film Society at, uh, for, or at NC Film Society for Instagram. I'll let us on that. For sure. Uh, what else we got, man? Speaking of uh, kinky sex and shit, um, <laughs> there's a show I got into, right? Well, I'm trying to get into. Okay. I guess it was, it's only like three episodes in. Okay. So um, I know one thing that I've always mentioned on this on this podcast is that I kind of stay away from TV shows. Yeah, I was about to I'm, say. I'm deviating from that, obviously. You know, I've yeah. been deviating from that. So I'm going to back up off of it. Um, you know, I'm finding interest in different things on TV, and I'm willing to find interest in different things on TV mm-hmm. now. So you'll probably hear about different shows on the, on the podcast moving forward. One of them I want to yeah. talk about is um, a show I came across on Stars called P Valley. Oh, I haven't watched yeah. that yet. Yeah, I'm two episodes in. I think the third one's already ran by the time we've talked. We're talking yeah. now. Um, I haven't caught the third one, but the first two, uh, definitely, uh, it's, it's a, it's a familiar story. If you've seen, um, Hustle and Flow, Mm -hmm. the Terrence Howard film or Players Club, you know, it's, it's a, it's more Hustle and Flow than Players Club because it takes place at a a backwood, I guess, country backwood, Mississippi town. It's a, it's a strip club, uh, basically, you know. In the in the Mississippi, uh, Mississippi country. I think it's filmed here in Georgia, but it takes place in Mississippi. And Strip club in Mississippi. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, enough. and it's it's pretty deep fried, <laughs> man. Pretty, pretty deep fried show. I mean, it's 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 good acting. You know, interesting acting choices. Again, there's a there's a lot of sexuality in it. The uh, one of the main characters is a the guy that runs the. Uh, uh, strip club is a, I guess, uh, cross, uh, cross dresser, somewhat. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's transgender, okay. um, but he he would be considered, I guess, a cross dresser because he's uh, he dresses up in women's clothes. He, but he kind of alternates throughout the show, from what I noticed, and from a male energy, male presence, uh, whatever, into a, the female cross-dressing thing when he's working in the strip in the strip club. Okay. But uh, yeah, he's one of the main characters. He runs the, sh- he runs the plot, runs, runs the place. And, um, you know, it's centered around also a young lady who was not a dancer, but is obviously, and I'm only two episodes in, so mm-hmm. uh, as of now, she's uh, surviving some kind of natural disaster, some kind of flood or something like that. She's a survivor of that. She, I believe, lost a child in the presence process of that, and she's dancing now in this in this particular strip club. I guess it's called P Valley, which is a uh, Pussy Valley, which is what it's supposed to be. Oh, okay. It's really the name of the club. All right. You know. 
Um, pretty in your face, though. <laughs> it's pretty in your face, though. You yeah. know, the first episode, you know, of course, it's a strip club and it's on stars. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, you get, stars don't care. Yeah, you get a lot of, you know, you get a lot of sexuality in it. Uh, almost to the point of um, where it's porn, man. That's that's kind of one, one of the things that I was left with. The last episode has got a pornographic vibe to it because there's a pretty, uh, I won't go too deep in it, but there's a pretty, um, pretty uh, intense uh, phone sex scene, right? Towards the end of the second episode. Okay. And, uh, you know, it extends, you know, it, it, it goes into uh, the dude who's, uh, who's acting out, you know, his part of the phone sex. I mean, he's, he goes through a full blown wax session, right? To the point where you see him like explode on himself. Like you get a you get a visual of <laughs> of him in pretty much all his glory uh right there towards the end. And I kind of feel like when you get into the, the fluids lane, when you're showing fluids on screen, then you 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 kind of extending into the porn area, which is cool, you know, yeah, porn yeah. is is for what for is for, you know. Yeah. I, you know, and had my porn experiences, but um, you know, it's kind of in your face with stars. You don't, you don't see it coming. Yeah. On, uh, <laughs> no pun intended. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> <right>, but <laughs> yeah, you didn't see that one. See that one on the way. So that's the only thing about it that I had to say. I recommend it. You know, so far it's two episodes, and it's a pretty yeah. good, pretty good story. Um, but it will take you into some places, man, because you know you got some dick shots and shit. And I'm the one I was just talking about. You know, I'm not really looking for gay sex on screen. <laughs> so you know, you get a you know you get a, a white guy's rod in your face pretty early in the second episode, I believe. Oh wow! So yeah, it takes you there, man. You know, yeah. it takes some challenges. It takes yeah. some challenges. But hey, man, P Valley on stars, y'all check it out. Hey, you know what's funny? Y'all check about this? it out. Rihanna just asked me about this uh, uh, last night because she's she just started watching Power last week, mm -hmm. and she was asking me about this. Like, um, uh, when they shoot these sex scenes, are they um, actually having sex? Like, she said, I know there's sometimes where they do and sometimes where they don't, right. but like, how does that whole thing work? And I'm like. You know, you know, sex scenes on film have um, have taken on um, a whole lot of politics. I want to say now, yeah, with the YouTube, excuse me, the uh, Me Too movement mm -hmm. being what it is, and you know, the whole environment of, of, of sexual inappropriateness being high, highlighted, yeah, in the in the in the media, yeah, sex scenes on on set now have. Uh, have gotten real political. They have sex scene coordinators now on a lot of these film sets. Oh, really? I yeah, I think know. people, yeah, people who are specially, you know, dedicated or trained or focused on coaching people and creating an environment for sex scenes. So with that said, um, I don't think there's much fucking going on, no real fucking going on on these film sets anymore. But I do believe, and from some movies I heard of, um, shit did get graphic. I mean, there were oh, some yeah. sex scenes. Oh, yeah. I, there there you, were actual sex, yeah, I believe. You know, that. and I, I told her, um, Notori, uh, 
Notten, I believe is her name, mm-hmm. um, who plays uh, Tasha in, in Power. Mm-hmm. If if she's not actually having sex, she is one hell of an actor. <laughs> the the woman knows like she 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 kills it. Like, she was getting it in. We saw her get it in first time in the Tories. Yes. Yeah, that's why I told her. I said, Oh yes. I, I asked her if she had seen it. She said no. I said, <laughs> Yeah, they they were going at it for real on that movie. Yeah. Because that yeah. that that's there's no way you could you could uh, mimic that. There's she no performs great sex on screen. If that's an accolade to give, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, she she puts on some good fucking for you to look at yeah. <laughs> on screen. Notori, I think it, I think it is Notori Hutton. I think it's Norton. Norton. Yeah. Yeah. Forgive me for uh, we'll look it up, get it right. But uh, yeah, yeah, she can uh, she can pound. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she um, and, and that's why I was telling her that you know it, now compared to Yvonne Orji, have you ever watched uh, Insecure? Insecure, I, I've seen a couple of them. I didn't. I haven't. I'm gonna get into that show, but I, I haven't. I haven't no, committed. It's, it's really good. The Tory not 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 okay. Yeah. Um, Yvonne Orji, who plays uh, Molly on that show, um, she actually she's actually a virgin. And she has it in her in her contract where she's she's partially dressed in all sex scenes. Mm-hmm. So there will never be a sex scene that, that she's in where she's not covered in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? I, like to her too. Like she she's one hell of an actor, man. One hell of an actor. Because when I found out she was actually still a virgin, I said, "Wow." Mm-hmm. That, I'm that's not familiar. Phenomenal. I got like I said, I, that, that show and uh, Survivor's Remorse are two shows that I said I'm gonna jump into, but I've totally ignored them. I've ignored Survivor's Remorse. I need to check that out too. Yeah, somebody was talking, you know, talking to me about that a couple of weeks back, so I said I was gonna got, try to get into that one. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, as as far as uh, yeah, as far as sex scenes now, that some some sex scenes I was just some movies you watch that try to give you a sex scene. Mm-hmm. You watch it, and it's like you better off not even doing it. Yeah, it was no Where reason to shoot it. I mean, sex scenes where women are holding their breasts the whole time they're getting getting knocked off. You know, like <laughs> it's it's like a cartoon. You you animated the sex at that point. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you obviously have a have a film that's TV fourteen, and we're gonna talk about this TV fourteen shit, man, um, for Netflix <laughs> in a minute when we get into our feature presentation shit. Yeah. But yeah, man, like I, I hate bad sex scenes. That now that agitates me. I love a great sex scene. Mm-hmm. Being the freak that I am, I love a great <laughs> sex scene. All right, and being being the fact how much I love sex scenes, uh, I hate them when they when they're done wrong. It agitates me when they're done wrong. I'm gonna what? tell you a movie that really pissed me off to for y'all to avoid, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> um, I think Plug Love. I believe that's what it's called. It's a hood film. Plug love. It's a little hood. I know. Don't don't ask me. I, I <laughs> don't, don't. it's a quarantine season, bro. You know, it's okay. a lot of lot of shit I I veered off into <laughs> with this, <laughs> these last three months, bro. I've been to some dirt dark places, man. But um, yeah, I, I I veered off into some shit called Plug Love. I think I found it on Tubi. I don't know where I dug this movie up at, 
Okay. Um, my lady recommends it to me, right? Uh huh. And so I'm watching this shit, and the the the, the actress in it. First of all, it's horrible, horrible acting. Mostly everything about the fucking movie was horrible, but <laughs> the the acting particularly was real bad. And there was a couple of sex scenes in the film where the actress obviously did not want to be new. Right. right? right. Like she 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 and I okay I get that. Yeah. That's the director's job to give me the impression that sex took place yeah. without having the actress sit up there pretty much with a hold her breast, hold, hold it, she's holding the breath the whole time she's getting hit from the back. <laughs> she's cuffing her breast, man. And this shit just look goofy. <laughs> and I think she's doing that like for every sex scene, she's like concealing her breast. Like, damn, this. <laughs> just, you might as well just let her have, her hear, have us hear her getting screwed. Then, yeah. then to show me a sex scene where I can't see real sex. Right. Well, see, and that's the thing. Sex scene or not, whatever scene is actually shot and is done horribly, it takes you out of the story. It you, you get if the actress does not want to be nude, then don't show her have sex, or show right. her have sex in a context where she doesn't have to cover up her breasts. Right. Well, Shout out to Notori for, for being free with the breasts and, <laughs> and the thighs. You know what I mean? And showing us the, the, the vividness and the beauty of sex. Yeah. Shout out to her for being an artist for that because some well, of these actresses don't want to go there. And, and I see, get that. It's, it's cool, but that's the yeah. director's job to, to give me the sex in a way where it's, it's realistic. You know, and, it's, and see, that's, that's where it goes to, to talk about contracts like Yvonne Orgy has where where you you say you know i'm only going to go this far in terms of my portrayal and in the contract you can actually get it to be where where you're not fully nude you you can get it to be where where you're partially clothed and they can shoot around that you know if you're artistic you know if you're artistic if, 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 if you know what I get you're that. Doing. if you know what you're doing you can do it the right way and still get the point across there's an art to it, like I, <clears throat> bro. But I, I hate, but I just hate the the cover up shit, the, the con- yeah, yeah, the yeah. concealment <laughs> while you're getting screwed. That yeah. that bothers me. That's not, maybe that's where I'm yeah. where I'm coming from. Don't shoot it where she's covering herself up, right? While right, she's right, getting right. screwed. You know, even even the crap where like, okay, you know how pretty much every it's mostly on TV. You see, of so, course, yeah. So we've kind of we've kind of grown grown accustomed to it. Yeah. But in, in, in film, it agitates me. When you get to even when the when you have a couple who just finished having sex, right, mm-hmm. and the girl gets up and the first thing she does is grab the sheet and put it over her breast. Yeah, she's hopping out the bed like shit. You never really see a woman do. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, when yeah, you, yeah. After yeah. you've had sex. Yeah, like that. Like so, I get it. You know, you, you're trying to to maintain a, a level of uh, discretion on screen, I guess, or mm-hmm. uh, what's the word censorship. But it just looks bad to me. It yeah, just looks it just looks bad. Yeah, no, I I could agree with that. I could agree with that. Yeah. It, it 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 depends. I think that's that's where it comes to the the director. Um, well, like you said, the actress doesn't want to be new, so the director yeah. says, "Okay, we'll cover up your breasts while we do it." Yeah, the director, <laughs> you know, or, the director needs or to. Or he allows her to do it. Whatever. Yeah, they they need I, to. I'm saying it. that's lazy. That's lazy. That shit is from TV. Yeah. 1975 TV or something. Yeah. Let that go, man. Find another way to simulate the sex or portray the sex that doesn't have the actress, you know, looking like she's (laughs) 
get going getting it against her will or something. No, it just looks odd. Right. Right. Just odd. Or just like you said, don't have a scene at all. Or just don't do it at all. Right. It, it, it's it's not necessary. See, and that's another thing. Like, not every show or or film has to have sex in it. Like we're right. we're we're in a we're at a point now where we're over sexualized in media anyway. Right. So if if you're talking about um, a project that doesn't need to have sex, you don't have to you don't have to do anything. But if you have to have something to progress the story, there are multiple ways to shoot it or not shoot it. Like there's different ways you can do it to 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 progress a story without it looking bad. Right. And I think that that comes to where we have to actually like in the industry, we have to want to be better with how we 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 um we have to be better. We have to want better for our art basically. Right. And and if if that's not there, get a different director. Because and that comes that comes to the directors and the cinematographers. Like you have to both have to be on point, both have to know what they're doing and and be able to do it to the best of their ability. If you're gonna shoot something like that, don't do it lazy. Uh, you know, and and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I I feel you. So bringing this full circle, if you want raw sex, though, you're getting it from P Valley. Check out P Valley. Anything get, on stars, really? Because you, you get good, good in your face sex. <laughs> I mean, you even get some what the white guys call it jizz. You even get a little jizz <laughs> for your for your for your money over there. <laughs> I saw jizz. I was like, oh, shit, Two wow. episodes in, not yeah. Two episodes in. And that's dude, something else. Dude puts his manhole <laughs> all over his chest. <laughs> all those only on stars, man. Only on stars. Star, star, stars is different. Stars bro. gives no fuck, bro. They don't. They, there's another show on there called Hightown. Um, oh really? They getting that, it in on that too? Oh, bro! It follows. <laughs> it follows a lesbian cop. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> It, okay. No, I'm sorry. It follows a lesbian cop that 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 does drugs in oh, in in uh, Boston. Yeah, that that's about and that about sounds like Star. Yeah, that I'll just leave it at that. All right, so, rap, so wrapping this up, real. All right, duly <laughs> noted. Yeah. So wrapping this up, um, real quick, best sex scene you can think of, top of your head, best sex scene. Jesus, because I got mine ready. I I don't even know. Um, I'm just gonna go have to go with power. Um, there's been a lot. There's been a ton on there. There's some good fucking on power. There's a ton of a lot them. of good, lot of good screwing you can get on In power. In fact, I'm... episode one, like actually, you know what's funny? Yeah. My, my dad first... just started. My dad just started watching Power, and I don't know why he did. Um. But he was like, he, he was like asking me, he was like, like, hold on. He was like, is this all on through the show? Like, I said, yeah. I'm like, bro. <laughs> I said, it is next, is pretty much. And your, your pop's like a deacon, right? Yeah. Oh, he'll love this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> he don't listen to this podcast, dude. No, no, no. Oh, he'll no, love no, it. No. Either, either church going deacon, yeah. yeah. Deacon. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, deacons are the freaks. So yeah, yeah. Notori, Notori's oh, gonna be his favorite actor. Uh, but look, man, I gotta, I gotta say, I'm gonna say this though. Um, the one sex scene I would say is like the best sex you, that I've seen on uh, screen. It's really not even all that explicit. Really not. And I gotta get that to Eddie and Robin Givens, man. Boomerang. Oh man, that fucking looked great, man. Man, they shot that very well. <laughs> and it wasn't even all that kinky and or nasty. You know, it, it was wasn't. kinky, but it wasn't all that. It wasn't explicit. Yeah. But that was fucking like, oh yeah, they they're enjoying that. Like, yeah. And and I'll say the worst I've ever seen, Rudy Ray Moore. Oh come on, man! You can't. We're not even gonna clue. <laughs> We're not even gonna include yeah, in a serious conversation. Dolomite, man. man, my God. I, <laughs> I, I love Dolomite. I love Rudy Ray Moore. You get I, bad everything from Dolomite, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's so good. Because it's just <laughs> it's excellent everything bad. It's it's a series of of horror in yeah. terms of, of execution, but my God, man. Yeah. Beauty. Beauty, beauty, beauty. I that that deserves to be in a museum somewhere. That film deserves to be in a museum. There's a TV show, and I'm, we gotta stop this because we're going all over the place. <laughs> but there's a TV show though. Um, I think it's on HBO. Yeah, what's the actress? M Michaela. M I think her name was Michaela or something. She's a British actress. Mm -hmm. yeah, they, they, there's a lot of conversation around the sex scenes on that show too. What show is it? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, I I'll look at it. Okay. It's, uh, I believe it's on HBO. But yeah, uh, so while I'm looking that up, what else you seen, man? What else we got? Oh, man. Um, I watched a, um, I watched a docuseries on Netflix. Um, I forgot the name of it, but it was about, um, it was about these different stories um, where these people, it's uh, it's a unsolved mysteries. I think that's that's what it's called. On Netflix. On Netflix, yeah. Yeah, that's a throwback. They just brought that show back. So that uh, was out before. Oh yeah, it was back in the day, it came on TV. It was a real popular TV show. Okay. Well, and and bro, they follow. I think it's six different stories on there. Yeah. Um, it's a very, it's a limited series, but they follow six different uh stories on there, and, I like. That one, um, that one was one of those that that I kind of I'm just I could not wait to get to the next episode. It was mm -hmm. it was really good, really good. The stories there was one story that was really um, crazy though. Uh, this town I forgot which state it's in, but there's a, there's some town where um, these people all have the same experience with a UFO mm -hmm. in different parts of 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 the state um where they 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 experienced pretty much the same thing like this blinding light just coming out came out of nowhere and um two people that are that they show in in the in the piece were kids at the time this happened like in the like 50s or 60s i think and they claim they got uh teleported into the into the ship and they they remember seeing each other or the guy remembers seeing the, the lady but the lady doesn't remember seeing him but <clears throat> they said they were up there 
and they don't remember what happened, but like they were up there for a few minutes. The aliens did something to them and put them back to Earth. Mm-hmm. And like sep- different people have the same story, which I'm I'm sitting there I'm like man, like I believe there's life out there. Um, I in what capacity I don't know, but I believe that there is other there is uh, some other life form that's out there. To believe that we're in this galaxy by ourselves, to uh, be, I agree with you. That's I agree with you. Yeah, but. I don't know that something like that would have happened the way they described it. Like, I could believe it, and then some of it I, I'm kind of like in dis in disbelief of. Um, but there was a ton of every other story was about like some murder or something like that. And, but it was really good, really good. Um, I mean, I, not not the stories themselves in terms of being uh, positive, but the the series in general uh, and and i think there are some there are two or three stories that they've actually uh, uh opened the case back up on um because they've got they received different tips after the show uh premiered mm-hmm. so it is it, that was really good that was really good i enjoyed that okay yeah I, i've passed it uh you know in the queue or whatever i saw that they they had a they had brought it back um, I didn't really follow it when it was on TV, honestly. So this would be kind of a new experience for me to check it yeah. out. Yeah. But I'm familiar with it. All right, cool. Unsolved mystery. Yeah. Yeah. It was All right. Really good. Really good. I uh, came across. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna bring up the, a film I came across. Um, Twenty One Bridges. I, I got around to checking that out. Chad with Chad with Bozeman. Oh yeah. You know, we're going to get around to him when we talk about um, the Five Bloods. That's going to be one of our next podcasts coming up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was. Uh, it was a pretty. You know, it was, it was an average movie. Um, you know, it had some familiar beats. It's a cop story, and okay. they're, they're, they're you know chasing down um, some cop killers who end up being dirty. So it's one of those dirty cop stories. Okay. Know? Okay. And Chadwick Boseman is like a lead detective that's that's um, that's chasing down these two cop killers. So you know, pretty, pretty, like I said, pretty common, pretty standard stuff. Yeah. So nothing, nothing, nothing original. Nothing really original. No, okay. it wasn't originality. Wouldn't be something I, I I would put on this film. Okay. Um, but it's Chadwick Boseman. So yeah. You know, I came across that. Um. Oh, I watched Bloodshot with Vin Diesel. Was that a Netflix movie or that went to like theaters or something, right? Limited? Yeah, it was, it actually, it went, it, it was released in theaters right before uh, yeah, COVID, 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 right? Yeah, 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 yeah. How was so, that? You know what? I was apprehensive with watching it because it was Vin Diesel. And I hate saying that, but I'm so used to seeing Vin Diesel um, from what we've seen with Fast and Furious. Well, yeah, his acting is so commercial. To it's me. so I, commercial, and, yeah. and I I hate that about it. But this this film was probably his best one that he's done in years. 
because he actually acted in it. Like, mm. it, it takes you back to, like, knock around guys type of vibe. Like, where he actually acted in that film, too. Mm. Um, he returned to his roots. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Fast and Furious being over so that moving forward, he can do more films like this. Or like knock around guys where he's just acting. Like we don't need to see the 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 same thing over and over again regurgitated. I don't I don't like seeing that. I, that that's why I kinda like lost interest with Fast and Furious. Um but yeah, he 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 killed it in that. That was that was a really good movie. Really? I, I I would recommend watching it. It was good. It was yeah, Vin, good. Vin Diesel, like I said, is a hard actor to take serious. He is. Um, he is, especially now. But yeah, but but uh, okay, I'll get around to. I try to take him serious. He did some movie where he was. It was a like a biopic of some gangster. I don't remember the name of it. Really? But, uh, yeah, he shit it all over that movie. <laughs> so like I said, I haven't. I forgot again. I, I don't remember the name of it. It was supposed to be based off of like a, the life of a real life person who was a gangster. Okay. Uh, some mafia figure who uh, represented himself in court. And played insane. I think he played Cuckoo. Oh yeah. Um, when he got locked up and kind of was uh, representing himself in court or some shit. Yeah, it wasn't a very good movie or okay. a good performance. Like okay. I said, Ben Diesel is, is just not a dude who you look at um, to really bring anything not to, at all. to a role besides like Ben Diesel. Not at all. So uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of that, uh, not being able to act, um, I watched Black and Blue. That's one I came across too. I did catch that. Who? 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 who, who <laughs> no way. Who, who would you? Who would you? Uh, get Tyrese. To not act? Tyrese. Really? Yes, Tyrese. When Tyrese does not act like Tyrese, he can kill it. Uh huh. And this showed me that he could do that. This showed me he could, and and, and I think it was a great balance of him being in the movie, and then also like them not focusing on him so much? Um, again, Tyrese is not really a bad or good actor to me. He's kind of like on, he's done better roles, I think, than Vin Diesel, but I, I, I see there's a similarity there with them two. Yeah. That particular movie, I wasn't really impressed with Tyrese then, you know? Well, I, was, I wasn't super impressed. I was just glad for the balance. Because he wasn't acting like Tyrese. He wasn't acting like much of anything in that movie, uh, yeah. though. Well, he he like, kind of, he, he really wasn't in it. Was he even, he, I mean, it's like he was, his Tyrese, his image was in it, his body was in it, but he never, <laughs> well, you know, saying, he didn't bring much of that. And I think Naomi Harris, um, who was really good in that movie, she actually was good in the movie. I yeah. think just her, her performance was was so dominant, it really just, just, Blake just, just faded out whatever Tyrese was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, he, he he just really wasn't present in that movie to me. Yeah. They um But do you look for Tyrese to bring a presence to a movie? Hell no. Like hell, so, hell no. So I wasn't let down by it or nothing. I just I no. he's a, he's just another one I don't take serious as an actor. I hate to say it like that, but me, I don't me either. There's nothing really um rememberable in his filmography. Mm-mm. Well, Except I mean, Baby Boy, which is not really a good movie anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but see, that's the reason why I, I skipped the movie in the first place. 
because Tyrese was attached to it. Right. Which is horrible to say, but it's the truth. Because if you, you, you see how he is in Fast and Furious, which, again, the correlation, but um, he, just, he's just, he just does way too much. Like, his character is just over the top. And that's not what I saw in this film. Like, I actually saw him have a good pace. And that, right. that's, what I, that's what I wanted from him. Right. I didn't want too much. I feel you. But yeah, no, not to shit on Tyrese, though. You know, he, he's, he's great in music. You know, that's, that's his lane, definitely. But uh, it's, he leaves a lot to be desired on screen. He does. He does. And I, I, I just, um, I'm good on, on, on his stuff. But, the, but that movie, Black and, Black Black and, Blue. and Blue. Yeah, that was, that was phenomenal. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. Because it was just a different story. It's not even that it was a complex story. It was just a different story. You know what I'm saying? I think that's why I enjoyed it. Because I'm, I'm tired of seeing the uh, the same storylines and plots. You know, like, there's going to be similarities through different things. But mm-hmm. for for this one, it was, I want to say it was, original uh no it wasn't very original that's why i couldn't say it was phenomenal because it wasn't very original well it was phenomenal Um, in terms of it's kind of safe to 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 portray the the corrupt police story right now everybody's doing that they are yeah no i think the last i think i mean 21 bridges was in that uh category but it's like you know it's, it's it's pretty common now to see the the shitty ass cop story yeah. But, um, well, it was phenomenal because I had no expectations for it. Yeah. I, I legit <laughs> had no expectations for that movie. I enjoyed Naomi Harris. It was, it was a good she, role for and her. She killed it. You know, but there was some there was some areas in it that I had an issue with. Um, I, you know, as far as the 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 uh the demasculated, uh, dehumanized black man factor that you're gonna tend to see mm-hmm. in a lot of these films, you definitely got that. Oh, um, her, her partner. Uh, well, no, no, uh, Tyrese. I mean, didn't he cry at one point when a cop pushed up on him? He was crying. Oh, yeah, yeah. And one yeah. of those scenes, you know. Yeah. And even though towards one, one towards the end, at one point, you know, he got, you know, exercised some dominance over him, but, you know, not before they showed him demasculated uh, early in the film. Do you think that was emasculation or, um, like, the trauma from... Cause I felt like when when I when I saw it, I, I took it as uh, it was more so portraying the trauma that we as black men uh, go through with cops. I think that it it, it stayed consistent with what um, what Hollywood has been feeding as far as images. You know, has been consistently feeding us as far as images of black men is concerned. And that's somebody who's mm-hmm. docile, not threatening, broke down. Yeah, um, yeah. If there, okay. if there is a if there is an alpha male uh, presence on screen with him, they show in most cases now they show him in a, in a broke down state or um, in a state where his masculinity is compromised. Right. I think that's de- deliberate. Yeah, yeah. In Hollywood, and 
uh, they definitely portrayed that with Tyrese's character when the cop pushed up on him and he, you know, was shedding tears and shit. Yeah. You know, in the process. I understand the, I understand what you're saying as far as how, how that could be looked at as just an expression of a, just just the, the, the nature of, of our relationship with, with white America or in this particular case for cops. Mm-hmm. That, you know, just a, a, a broken expression or a broken representation of us. But there are those of us who are very angry. Um, mm-hmm. they, they've made the angry black man into a, a comical dismissive uh, character now. You know, it's, it's something wrong with being an angry black man now. It's yeah, something yeah. threatening about being an angry black man. And I think that's problematic. Um, oh, for sure. There are black men who are angry and who are very constructive with their anger and um, don't pose a threat to innocent people with their anger. Right. You know? Right. But that has been so uh, just dismissed and demonized that the very image of that, that they show characters again like Tyrese for that purpose. The black man who doesn't have a problem with showing aggression towards, I would say he, those, his enemy, because that's, that's kind of what you put yourself in a position of when you want to kill me, <laughs> regardless yeah. of what kind of uniform you're wearing, um, when you don't see my life as any value and you basically feel like you have the right to take my life at will, well, that's a position of the enemy. Yeah, yeah. Constantly show us in the presence of our enemy in a weakened state. That's by design. Um, yeah. That's one thing that I think this movie did with Tyrese's character. And even Naomi Harris and uh, her role as being a, a cop, um, she's a female cop, mm-hmm. you know? And not to say that she did not hold down the role, not to say she shouldn't have had it, not, not to say any of that. So please don't, I hope nobody takes it as this. But um, I feel like the story would have been more impactful and would have had more of a, a relevant statement if it was a black cop, male, male cop in that role. I wish it was, a, it was, it was portrayed from a male perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, they don't want to show black men in certain capacities on screen. And one who is strong, one who rebels, one who defeats the system or goes at the system neck, those images of black men, you really have to look for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I give, I give you some. You yeah. know? Yeah, I get what you're saying. But I, that, again, that doesn't mean that Naomi Harris didn't hold it down. I mean, that was her role. Yeah. I personally, though, yeah. from from a socio-political perspective, would have liked to see that role portrayed by a brother because it would have been a little bit more of a, uh, a potent, relevant statement to where we are in reality. Yeah, I can get that. I can get that. You know? Yeah. But it was a decent movie. It wasn't a bad movie. It's worth checking out. Black and Blue. Naomi Harris and Tyrese. Tyrese is barely there in the damn movie. I mean, he's there. He's in the movie, but... Please tell me why he had that struggle really beard. You know, I, 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 you know, on behalf of all the brothers out here with the clean heads, I want to know why he had a do-rag on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what's up with the do-rag, man? Like, Tyrese hasn't had a hairline in, in 20 years. But he had a doer going throughout this whole movie. Like, come on, man. Yeah, man. I, I actually, I overlooked that, to be honest, because I was just looking <laughs> at his beard. <laughs> like, there was no reason for that. There was literally no, like, if, if you're talking about someone that was homeless, because that, in fact, that's what I thought um, 
his character was when he right. first walked in on on in the scene. I'm thinking it's just a homeless guy, you know, on the street. No, he's just walking from home to 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 his job, and I didn't understand the the reason why his why his beard was. It looked that I was that was trash. That was just, that was a that was a true struggle beard, man. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a real mute character, man. It like was. It, it, he, he, it was. he was he was Tyrese only in image in that movie. Whatever his yes. name was in the movie, it doesn't even matter. But mm-hmm. he was he was just Tyrese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we saw his image, his, his face was in the movie, but there was really nothing else brought to the film from him. He he was he's one criticism I have of the film. Yeah. Uh, but Naomi Harris, uh, she carried it, man. That was her movie. It's pretty much yeah. her film. What What do you think about Mike Coulter um, playing the uh, villain, the corrupt cop? No, he wasn't a cop. He was the uh, the head of the uh, that I forget what the name of the gang was. Oh, uh, you talking about Black? Uh, I mean, uh, the dude from the Netflix show. Yeah, Luke, Luke the Cage. Marvel guy, Luke yeah. Cage. Yeah. Um, I liked him. I liked yeah. him. I did like him. I did too. He sold that. Yeah, he did. I, I at first when he when he when he got on screen when he got that uh, got that truck, I'm looking at him I'm like, my God, this is gonna be trash. Yeah. This is gonna suck. Because everybody crazy. black doesn't really portray the uh, the streets. Pardon yeah. my, my 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 slur. The street yeah. nigga. Uh, <laughs> the street nigga image was but he was supposed. That's what he was supposed to be. The street oh, yeah. nigga. Of, yeah. You know, of the hood of the film. Yeah. Yeah. And um, every just you know, some some white producers and directors just think, okay, just get a black actor and mm-hmm. you know, throw a gold tooth on him and let him portray that. Yeah, and it, it looks ridiculous. You know, yeah. it's kind of comical. He That's what I expected from him. No, he didn't. I I think that he really uh, articulated a, a a street nigga image that he, he was did. supposed to that he was supposed to portray. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I when I first saw him, I'm looking at Mike Coulter. When, right. when as the movie progressed, I wasn't seeing Mike anymore. I was seeing his character, and that's what it should. That's that's how it should be. That's how it should be. You you should be able to see the person or the character that they're trying to portray. Right. And he did a great job. I like hats off to him because I didn't. I honestly didn't think he was going to sell that role that well. Right. No, I agree. It wasn't a bad movie. Like it wasn't movie. bad. Exactly. Check that out. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's go into some feature presentation conversation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, we got two we're going to do. We've been going for a minute, so we're going to give y'all a little bit more. Yeah. You know, we got some some shit to get off my chest. So <laughs> um, we got a couple of films we're going to focus on. One in particular, uh, Purple Rain, the classic Purple Rain that I revisited. You know, I've seen Purple Rain a couple of times over the years. I think this is your first time. This is the first time. Oh no. yeah, it's one of those conversations. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so we're gonna check out. We're gonna talk about, talk about Purple Rain, and uh, the next one or the other that we're gonna talk about a little bit was uh, another Netflix. Uh, I guess we'll call it a film, but another <laughs> Netflix film, <laughs> Fatal Affair, with Neil Long and Omar Epps. We're gonna get into that too. So we're gonna give y'all two today. That's part of our future presentation. So with that, we're gonna stop for a minute. We're gonna play this throwback now, a retro trailer from Princess Purple Rain. Yep. And uh, we're gonna give a little conversation on this, man. And, and by the way, me and Derek have not had any conversation. So this would be like totally new, totally yeah. cold, you know, <laughs> off the cuff. 
So uh, yeah, check out this trailer. We'll be back with it. Prince in his first motion picture. Before he created the music, he lived every bit of it. thing that meant everything his music prince the story the struggle the movie purple rain All right, so that was 1984, I believe. Uh, was that 84? Oh, Purple Rain, starring, of course, uh, the late, great, iconic, yeah, 84, the late, great, iconic uh, Prince Rogers Nelson, better known as Prince. Uh, Purple Rain was his first film. Uh, yeah. And a little bit of uh, trivia on this before I get too deep in it. Uh, one person that you probably wouldn't guess who had the opportunity to, I guess, produce this movie, but turned it down. Who? You probably wouldn't guess. Richard Pryor. Stop. Are you serious? Yeah, man. Yeah, a little bit of history I came across a couple years ago. Richard Pryor, at one point in time, um, had a production company called oh. Indigo. And oh. uh, something else interesting, uh, the person who ran the company for him was uh, Jim Brown, football uh, star. Jeez. Jim Brown. Yeah, Jim Brown was actually Richard Pryor's business manager for a period of time and um, also ran his production company, Indigo. And they passed on this movie. <laughs> One of the movies that, uh, that they were going to produce, or they could have produced, but they passed on. So just a little useless uh, information for everybody out there. That's interesting. But, um, but yeah. So uh, this was a classic for me, one, one that I've saw many times. So uh, as we do, I'm gonna give a little synopsis and then uh, we're gonna go into a little dialogue about it. Purple Rain, uh, pretty much, well, like I said, the first film, one of the, the first film Prince uh, ventured into his first film experience. He was already a massive music star by this time when he put this out. Um, I was, what, four or five years old when this movie came out, so I don't really have a, a real memory of this. As a, a kid, when it came out, I think I revisited it again at 13 or 14 years old. And okay. so, yeah, giving you what I understood of this movie from that point of view as well, it's pretty much a, uh, a up-and-coming Minnesota musician, Prince, who uh, is in the film is called The Kid. He's known as The Kid. And... Um, he comes from a musical family. And it's somewhat autobiographical. 
I don't know if Prince ever admitted to that. And maybe even, you know, I think he distanced himself from it being autobiographical at one point. But you see, if you know Prince's life, you'll see images of certain uh, situations rather that resemble his life. For one, his father uh, was a failed musician in the film. He's a failed musician with abuse issues, uh, I guess some addiction issues and some demons he's dealing with. So this is the this is a, this is a a um, a story of music, but it's also a story of a guy who's dealing with his own uh, turbulent household, dealing with his own issues with his band as they're trying to express creativity with, as as uh, his bandmates that he's really not letting them do. Um, he's having love issues with the woman that he wants to be with, but. He has some insecurity that he has to uh, uh, deal with with her because she's working with her. She begins to work with and become mixed up with his uh, his rival, his chief rival, played by Mars Day in this uh, film. That was great. Um, just an all around good movie. Just a, just a, just a great story, man. You know, and it holds up. It holds up. You know, yeah. now the story holds up. The most of, okay, I'll say like the story holds up, but the acting does not. I will say that you you yeah. you find you find there's a there's a lot that's not reflected in the acting, and and it's really one thing that I would say that you don't see reflected is effort, and I got to put that in uh in the hands of Prince, but he wasn't an actor. All right, so right, right. Take it for what it is, but yeah, he's uh. He's not. He's not the best as far as uh, giving you a range of emotions, right? In in that respect, um, and even Apollonia, you know, she she she's uh, she's present, um, but but again, there's not there's not a lot there as far as the acting. Mars Day actually is probably one of the best things you're gonna find in this one. As yeah. far as that, so uh, yeah, yeah, Prince, man. So what's up, Purple Rain? You know what's funny? I grew up on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. My dad is a huge Prince fan. Huge Prince fan. And okay. this was one that um, like I knew pretty much every song for the film. So I kind of had an idea of where the story was going um, just based off the soundtrack. But um, I loved it, man. I loved it. Like like I said earlier, there are some movies that I, I kind of reserve, um, you know, just I'm going to buy this one because I just it's, it needs to be in the collection. I bought this for my dad years ago. <clears throat> I'm going to buy it for myself um, as well. It's only like maybe like three bucks now, three or four bucks. But um, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this film. I, I, I uh, of course, there are certain things that when you compare how things are done now versus how they were done back then, from a technical standpoint, there are a lot of holes. Um, for one, they, 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 they had a close-up shot of his motorcycle, and they actually put um, um, off-road tires on the motorcycle for when he was, you know, Riding around, when he, even when he dropped her off at the, uh, Apollonia off at the lake, and right. told her to jump in, um, 
that time he had the they had the off road tires on that bike, but before they had shown him where he just had the regular street tires. So I, you know, I picked up on that, you know, little little technical things like that. Only but, you would notice some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Only, <laughs> only you. <laughs> but I enjoyed it, man. I I enjoyed seeing the dynamic, uh, the parallel between him and his father, um, because he he was the he was the musician that was starting to make it, even though he was in this film. He was like what in his twenties, right? Uh, Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. So you you're talking see, about uh, the great, the uh, late great Clarence Williams III, man, yes. legendary actor. Legend, man, legend. I was, <laughs> it was good to see him because I didn't know he was in this film. Yeah. Um, but you, you're seeing how you can see how the father didn't. Um, I don't know. Would you categorize him as being jealous? The father. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you could see that. You could see that between his with his interaction with with uh, with the kid. But I like seeing the 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 parallel in terms of um, like his dad was abusive, and you could right. tell he was trying not to be that way. But when Apollonia pissed him off he and, and he found out he was that she was with um with morris right i that sent him over the edge and he just he slapped the hell out of her too right um, you know and that's to to portray the how violent natures and violent tendencies tend to pass get passed down and emulated exactly exactly around them yeah 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 but but you can see how he was immediately like kind of like remorseful in the moment his dad when his dad abused his mom his dad didn't have that remorse right. it, was, it was like you're gonna do what i say and and that's it anything right. else is is forbidden and he didn't care but you could see that he, that that the kid actually cared like right you know, he didn't want to go there. He went there and he was horrified by even going to that place. Right. Uh, which late, later you see where, where he actually, um, he and Apollonia get into a, um, to an argument and he's, he's about to punch her and, and she's like, go ahead. And, and he's, he's just like holding his, his hand back, but he doesn't hit her. Right. So you like I I I could see how that was that was a whole thing for him as well, um, but being able to see how how um, the story progressed to him getting you know being in that limelight and um, writing that song to to his dad's. Um, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't to his dad's music. It was to the um, the, the bandmates. Band, the bandmates, yeah. The yeah. song they were trying to get played the entire time, and and man, that you know what's funny, Prince. That song, "Purple Rain," um, is actually what made me want to learn how to play the guitar. Mm. Like Prince is is, and I still don't know how to play guitar, but he's the one who made me want to learn. 
Right. And and that song in and of itself was was the the catalyst for that. So hearing hearing the hearing the um the music throughout the entire film, like I'm just sitting there, I'm just like, man, I'm 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 completely tuned in. Right. I, like usually when I'm watching a movie, like I have my phone and sometimes I look at my phone or whatever. I didn't really do that watching this movie, man. Th- that was that was something that I was just glued to it. And this is where would you rank the soundtrack for this film among soundtracks? Among soundtracks, oh, I mean, if I if I I haven't ranked soundtracks, um, but off the top of my head, I definitely put it in the top five, top ten. And I don't know top how 10. anyone argues that. Yeah, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue a top five, but definitely in a top ten. Easily top ten, yeah. um, and and that that was that's just what that's what really got me there because I'm 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 literally, uh, like singing along to all the songs. Even I was born in 1990, so this movie was like, it was already well out before I was even born. But right, um, yeah, that was it. And I I enjoyed Morris. I enjoyed watching Morris Day up there dancing. Man, that was doing that bird dance. Right. That shit was hilarious, man. I, I was, I actually started doing <laughs> Morris, Morris Day, yeah, Morris Day. Uh, this definitely was one of the highlights of his damn career. Yeah, this movie. for sure. No, was this for movie. sure? Um, and I, I, kind of like you, I like the way uh, the music was done well, portrayed well, because mo- most times, a lot of times, you get music movies, some music, you know, uh, music based movies, oriented films. And the music was just excessive, or and it kind of bores you. Some of the music yeah. scenes yeah. going on, and you you lose attention. But um, this one was done well. I guess we should acknowledge the director of, of this film, uh, who we have to pull up because I can't call off the top of my head. Uh, let me see, uh, Albert Mangoli. Yeah. Uh, Magnoli. Magnoli. Albert Magnoli. Uh, not very familiar with what he did, so I can't give a background on him. But this obviously was one of his top films because everything I'm looking at so far from him doesn't stand out. Yeah. And uh, uh, he did some shit with Nash Bridges. So I'm, it's safe to say this film's pretty much uh, <laughs> the highlight of his career. But, um, but yeah, man, it, it it was it was done well. You know, the music was shot uh, shot well. Because like I said, sometimes you get into these films that are heavy in music, particularly live performances and shit. Yeah, and yeah. They, they just go on to a place where you lose interest. Yeah, but this one didn't do that. Prince being, but Prince is a dynamic performer, so oh, a lot of that you know comes from just him being music. I mean, this this man embodies music. Yeah, and that's why this movie works. You know, he's in his lane as far as uh, showing you the artistry and what, the, uh, in many ways, I guess the behind, behind the obvious uh, or the, the not so obvious elements in life of a, of a music a musician or an aspiring yeah. musician. Because in many ways, he's he's a local talent in this film. Mm-hmm. You don't really see, a, you don't really get an impression, or you don't really see him as as we knew Prince to be in reality. He's not this character in this movie. You right. Know, so he's kind of like a local talent. Right. And you're getting a, 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 a interpretation of the life of an up-and-coming artist. 
you know. Right. Couple things I liked about this movie though, that I want to get your your viewpoint on, is the relationship between him and Mars Day. Yeah. In this film, right? Yeah. And just just a side note, like some of the shit that you see in this movie, you would probably have a you probably would the movie would probably get demonized for today. You know, it's a classic now. Oh, but yeah. the way Prince slapped her ass up in this movie and you had Mars Day dumping a, a chick in a trash can, like that shit wouldn't fly today. <laughs> I forgot about that. And, and, you know, it definitely wouldn't be hailed as a great, great depiction, you know, a great <laughs> film today. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's just how people are. You know, classics are classics, mm-hmm. you know, for their time. And, you know, but you see different uh, acceptance of the, of, the, of the same shit you see in film. Like some of the most, of the, even in the 70s, most of the films you see from the 70s, which is, in my opinion, the best time in film. Even though I, I didn't live through that time, I mean, looking back at those films and or looking at those films, mm-hmm. I think the 70s was an era where you got more, real, more reality and more realistic uh, depictions of stories. That's shit you won't see today. Yeah. You no. Know? Um, so Purple Rain kind of falls into that because women catch it, catch it in this film. Oh, for sure. You know, gotta yeah. just kind of call it what it is. Women don't really get much in this film. Um, but that that's a that's a, a, a concept that I want to focus on a little bit as far as the dynamic between Mars Day and the kid, because there's there's one scene, really my favorite scene. I'll just go ahead and just talk about it now. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene in this movie is probably one of the most subtle scenes, you know what I mean? One one of the considered one of the smaller scenes. When his after his dad committed suicide, excuse me, tried to commit suicide. Yeah. Um, because there's a scene where his father, you know, is like you mentioned, is having a, a turbulent relationship with his wife, the kid's mother. He's whooping up on her. Um the kid is is literally pulling his dad and, and getting his ass whooped. Yeah. Um in the film. And I got to say also on the side note, probably one of the worst acted scenes in the movie was from <laughs> Prince when he called himself looking for his dad. Yeah, was, that was- Come on out, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> and he, he wasn't even that convincing. And then, <laughs> where you at, motherfucker? <laughs> he did a spin move and shit. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, Prince, whose ass are you about to kick? <laughs> you, know, you know what it reminded me of? <laughs> you remember, you remember, um, um, in that bad video, uh, Michael Jackson, how they right. were, how right. they were about to stab each other, and they were just right. holding each other's hands. That's exactly what it reminded me of. That same dramatic element. Where you at, motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spin move. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't moonwalk down the stairs. Oh, that's the that's the. <laughs> One scene I never will and never have forgot about this movie. How just ridiculous that scene looked. Like, what the fuck is Prince doing? <laughs> yeah, they could have. They, they could have stopped that one. I, I that wasn't necessary. It just it looked dumb. Like that's worst scene in the movie. Anyway, but um, but yeah. So his his father was was abusive towards his mom. So that's one of the things that led to his uh his over the edge experience when you know, the, the pop tried to kill himself, right? Yeah. And this happens, so after that scene happens, the kid is trying to press through, 
you know, he he's going on with his gig at the uh, at the spot at the club. Forget the name of the club, but um, then, then uh, you have it where Mars Day and them boys they just get off stage, right? So you, you follow oh, where I'm at. Yeah, they just get off stage, and he's. Uh, Coming through backstage, they walking. They're walking past the kids' dressing room. The kid is sitting there. He's all somber and shit because of the, you know dealing with his family problems. And Morris Day and the boys, you know, throw a jab at him, which is a pretty dirty ass jab. Yeah. And ask him what how's the family, you know, and they break bust out laughing. But there's a, there's a there's a, a scene. That scene continues. You remember this, right? Mm-hmm. Where Mars, everybody's leaving after they, you know, shitting on him and, you know, said that, that shit to him about his family, about his pop. Everybody's leaving, but Mars Day kind of catches himself, right? Yeah. And he has a moment. And that scene right there kind of like, you know, if one or two things happen, I'm thinking in that scene. Either he's like, oh, shit. I didn't just set this motherfucker off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he he's about to get out there and 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 show his ass, right? Yeah. And, and really do some shit. Either he was thinking that, or he was really having a moment of guilt or self reflection of feeling bad for doing that. Like, you know, I think it was more the first one though. <laughs> I think an artist being him being an artist. Mm-hmm. And the kid being the artist, right? Both of them are both artists and both passionate about what they're doing, right? right? Right. I think he knew when he did that shit, he said, damn, I think I just set this motherfucker off to go out here and kill him. Yeah. And he caught him, he caught that moment just then. That to me was one of my one of the best scenes of the film. See, you know what? I didn't even take it like that, but that makes complete sense. I didn't even, I, yeah. I thought it, when I watched it, I, I thought more of like, oh man, I feel bad. You know, I didn't, I shouldn't have done well, that. Well, it's, it's one of the two. It could be, yeah. it could have been in that, but either way it go, you know, it's just that moment of reflection to see that moment for them to be bitter enemies. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That, that scene alone kind of showed you there was an artistic respect that was mm-hmm. there for one another they, they, that he had for him, I should say. Mm-hmm. And or like like I kind of think is there was a there was an acknowledgement of his of his how great his of, of an artist he was, yeah. And he knew that by me doing that to him, by me you know by me trying to take a dig at him and take a shot at him, I just may have pushed him into a place to really show how great he is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he had one hell of a performance, and he killed that shit. Yeah. But I'm thinking Morris, they knew that he, you know, like, I just set this motherfucker off. I think this motherfucker That actually off. makes more sense. You know what I'm saying? That, that makes that, much more sense. That makes I'm leaning on sense. that then. Yeah. I'm leaning on that. But either way, yeah. that, right, that scene, that that moment, that little nuanced shit right there mm-hmm. was my favorite part of this movie. I, I love that part of the movie, man. That to yeah. me made it worth the film. Yeah. No, that, that makes complete sense. I didn't even, again, I didn't even think about it from that perspective, but that, I think I can go with that too. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that that's if they didn't if they didn't purposely make it to be that way, it it come it definitely comes across that way. It I, come I, across that way. Yeah. yeah, that makes that makes complete sense. I'm gonna rock with that too. Yeah. So, so yeah. So um, <clears throat> look at I'm sorry, I got a little flame in my throat. There you go. <clears throat> but yeah, man. Um, 
this this one this one was a classic. This definitely earns the, the classic status that it has. Um, Apollonia uh, again, you know, I don't think we saw much of her after this. Even though the acting wasn't great, and there's there's a lot to be desired from her in this movie, mm-hmm. I do believe she complimented Prince very well. She did uh, for this. So for some reason, the, the dynamic worked. Um, Vanity was supposed to be in this role for those who are familiar with the era and know the, the history. You know, um, who may not have known that. Yeah, this role was initially intended for um, another Prince protege. Uh, Vanity from Vanity Six, but I guess they had fell out of some shit by this oh. time. Yeah, so it uh, that's how she ended up getting the role. That's why she, and then that kind of explains why she looks so much like Vanity or was in that vein of Vanity. But that makes um, sense. But yeah, uh, Apollonia uh, definitely. This this is a role she held down. You know, it's it's not as if she distracted from from the role or brought anything that. Um, I guess compromise the movie, you know, yeah. like like sometimes you get people with just some actress or just a pretty face, and they compromise the film. You didn't really find that with this, and I think because the both of them really just came off as as, as rank novice, it worked. It did, you know, it worked. It did. It did. I, what what was probably the most uh, hilarious part of the film for me was actually the I think it was the first scene when he met her in the club and how he right. went, he walked up to her. He walked up, not even up to her. No, he did, but he walked behind her and just started talking to her. Right. Shade still on, which was hilarious to me. Um, Cause it was, it, it, you know what? This actually felt like more of a, um, like a huge music video instead of just a feature film. Right. Because you would see something like that in a in a music video, not not a film. See, I disagree. I think that's what makes this movie good that it didn't come off like that. Because a lot of movies that are centered around music to the extent like this film is, mm-hmm. they do come off like big ass music videos. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I give an example of that is Belly. Like Belly is is horrible. Oh yeah. In in that in that respect. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just a big ass music video. It, I mean, even outside of the music, just the imagery of the film just comes mm-hmm. off. Um, like a highlight, uh, like a like a hyper ass music video. Well, this film I think is good because it's the opposite. It doesn't come off, you know, as is as if this is like music is featured in it, but yeah, you get more of a story. You get a narrative. It is a story, yeah. I, and I don't mean I don't I don't mean it being a music video in terms of denigrating it. Mm-hmm. I'm in in terms of the um, exaggeration though. So like with him talking, like going behind her to talk with his shades mm-hmm. still on, or like when you were talking about when he was running through the through the house, and calling for his dad, things like that. So the, the exaggeration. Well, yeah, aspect, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> Come on out, motherfucker. Whatever he said. Yeah, the exaggeration uh, element of all things like that felt more music video worthy than than feature film worthy but okay. i didn't i didn't i didn't take that as a as a knock against it though no i feel you i feel yeah. you yeah. i'm going to bet that's the first time prince ever said motherfucker in his life probably is because <laughs> he put he he 
he strained it. He put emphasis on that, <laughs> on that F and that ER so hard. <laughs> that it just sounds like he didn't have much experience with motherfuckers. He didn't. He didn't. It didn't. It didn't run. It didn't flow off off the tongue the way it should have. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, I can say now we didn't give this movie the justice they deserve as far as the conversation, but I do want to get into the other film. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to make this a three-hour podcast, but yeah, Purple Rain, man, I definitely recommend it to those who ain't seen. This was uh, Derek's first time with it, yeah. so you know, if you're probably in the millennial age bracket, you know, whatever, then you might not be as familiar with Prince and Purple yeah. Rain, but yeah. it's a movie, man. It's definitely a movie you want to see. It's a damn good movie. Um, it, it, it doesn't take a whole, not a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, it's, a, it's a simple, solid story, but it's, it's it's a good movie. You know what I mean? You know what? Actually, if you're, if you're, if you're my age, like I'm 30, right? So mm-hmm. if, if you're my age or around my age, you should know exactly who the hell Prince is. I would agree. You should. But you uh, might not know of Purple Rain. You might not know Purple Rain, though. They might not know of Purple Rain in terms of, like, going to go see it. Right. But the soundtrack, for sure. So do you think it holds up? I mean, as far as... Hell yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing what this would look like um, remade, but you can't do it because Prince isn't here. If If, if Prince were alive... I would love to see him as the father working with someone um, and see how he would have worked around that whole aspect. You know this movie had a sequel that was um, that was that was hot shit ass. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he tried to follow it up with a sequel. There's a story behind that, I guess, but um, there's a sequel that came on. It's called Graffiti Bridge. Oh, and boy. yeah, I saw it one time, and that was a, that was a, an unfortunate experience, man. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's we, we we just just for just for the shit of it, we may talk about it. But yeah, they he, he tried to do something with this with this story, and it it, it failed miserably. But this this right here, though, man, I, I agree with you. I think if you if you're young and you like movies. You know, yeah. man, now if you're just a, a young kid, like a lot of these young these young guys out here, it's all about this um, Michael Mann shit. You know what I mean? Well, not Michael Mann. What's what's the guy's name that did uh, Bad Boys? Oh, um, the director? Michael Bay, I Michael think Bay. I'm talking about. It's Michael yeah. Bay, yeah. yeah. Michael Bay. Yeah, you know, Michael Bay kind of keeps the attention of, of most of the quote-unquote, you know, younger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, film people, but uh, you know, movie lovers, people, uh, young kids think they love movies. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're outside of that bracket, then this is something you could, you could rock with, man. I, can't, I mean, I can't. it's got that love story shit that all the ladies like. Yeah. You know, you get that you get that that player shit from Mars Day. Mm-hmm. You know, he's that he's that comical player character. He, it carries it carries a lot of, of narratives, man. It carries it well. For and sure. like I said, there's nuance to it. That that Mars Day scene. When he catches that 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 moment of reflection after he makes, you know, vicious mockery of him and shit. Yeah. Um. That 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 captures humanity, human nature. The stuff yeah. I like to see in films. You know what I mean? The shit that you don't. That's beyond the surface. Is that how 
be careful how you come at somebody. You know, be careful yeah. how you fuck with somebody because you just never know. You might be igniting some in them to really show you up. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it might not be in your advantage. So no, I agree. Um, you know, with, with him igniting his competition like that, he and him being an artist, I think he kind of knew what he did when he said that shit. You know, he, he that might not did. be. You know, that might not have been a good idea. And that right there, you know, little stuff like that makes it worth the film. So yeah, you know, you'll walk away with something with this one, man. Prince, Purple Rain, nineteen eighty four, a classic. Definitely check it out, man. Definitely check it out. Uh, one that, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna save. Yeah, save it for this one. We gonna we gonna go into this next one. <laughs> I'm not even gonna tip y'all off, man. Uh, Faye LaFair, Neil Long, Omar Epps. We're gonna run the trailer for that one. We're gonna come back. We're gonna close the show with that. No Chase Phelps aside, we'll be back. Mom, you did it. Your house. I'm headed there now. This is a big lifestyle change. You think it was a mistake leaving the city? No, I don't think it was a mistake. It's our time. You're stuck with me. Good morning. Really? David, hi. It's been a long time, huh? 20 years. We should catch up. Wow. Seems like you're living a dream. <laughs> Unless it's trouble in paradise. I do have the perfect life. But you know, one day you wake up and the person sleeping next to you feels like a complete stranger. If things had worked out differently, you would never feel like you're sleeping with a stranger. return my calls you don't return my text i am married no one has to know about us us there is no us i hope you don't mind the last minute plus month hi i'm david you guys want a tour you know you think you love them i'm not giving up on us ellie can't you see we were meant to be together. Everything he's done has all been to get to me. This is such a great song. Hello? Is anyone there? Somebody? So, uh, Fatal Affair, that movie came out this year, 2020. It is a Netflix film. It is t rated TV 14. Uh, <laughs> side note, I'm probably going to avoid just about any goddamn thing on Netflix. That's TV 14. Um, because, because of this shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's go to work, man. Netflix film, <laughs> Fatal Affair. Starring Neil Long, man, uh, great Neil Long, and very underused yes. performance, and uh, Omar Epps. And uh, this film is about two college, 
I don't know, sweethearts. I mean, they went to college together. You wouldn't really know that in this fucking movie, but uh, they they come they went to college together. Uh, Ellie and David, and um, they become reacquainted because David is a, uh, as he says, a hacker, a professionally a professional hacker. He tells people that shit, um, and he is hired out by Ellie's law firm to locate some uh, emails on a client they're in a case wrapped up against. Uh, through that, um, they, they make a connection, they end up going out. Uh, one thing leads to another. Um, again, Ellie is married, she has a husband and a daughter, but she compromises her marriage uh, in one moment of indiscretion with David that the psychotically persistent David um, uses as his inspiration to do the typical crazy motherfucker shit uh, in, in make movies like this. Uh, this film is much in the vein of, just, just to kind of save myself on the synopsis of this film, I'm just gonna say it's, it's really a black version of uh, Fatal Attraction. I mean, even down to the damn title, this movie yeah. is Fatal yeah. Attraction. Um, and it's not even a good version, a good knockoff. It's a bad knockoff of Fatal Attraction. So there you go with that. That's, that's I guess, kind of my review and the synopsis because we, we're getting all that away, all out, out the way at the same time. But this movie is uh, it's not very good. And that's what we're going to go ahead and tell y'all about at this point. So, D, go ahead, man. <laughs> man, this was shit. This movie, man, let me... So, Ellie's husband, Marcus, right? He's probably the most disappointing aspect of this film, outside of the the bad acting and the the regurgitated story. But he obviously had bad fucking hearing. That, that's that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> The fuck, I had a real hearing problem. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know what? I don't. This movie actually put me in the same mindset Fall from Grace put me into. Yes, totally agree. Like, why? Why was this even made? This I actually, a- I don't fault anybody from the, on, that was on this cast for actually saying, you know what? They're giving away money. Who am I to turn away? You know, I don't fault them for that. Really? But this was trash, bro. The the Marcus, this dude was weak as hell, man. This is a this is a horrible betrayal of a black man trying to fight for his woman. Horrible, yeah. horrible. I, like he didn't hold down the light skinned brothers very well at all. Nah, man, he gave light skinned guys. He he played into that stereotype <laughs> of like light skinned guys being soft. Like he he played into that. This dude, like I get, he was in a bad accident and all that. He was still recovering. But my God, man! Like you can't you can't fend off a guy. Like, and if anyone is listening to this, does not understand the full 
storyline, Omar Epps' character, David, is a stalker of Ellie. Like, if you haven't seen uh, a Fatal Attraction... Stalker is an understatement. It's an understatement. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It's an understatement, but that's basically what he is. So... I, I don't I don't understand what this movie was doing. I don't understand. First, actually, before I get to to finish on Marcus, let me say this about David. This dude was a, was a hacker, right? Um, Ellie went to his computer to to look at something, and the password was her name. How in the hell are you a hacker and you have a weak password? That wasn't the most ridiculous part of that. Of it that wasn't. It wasn't. That that, that was that. I, it's actually in my little notes as as to what what where this movie just breaks down in logic and sensibility. At but go ahead. I I just I, I feel you. I didn't even. I, didn't, I that went over my head with the Ellie part. How? Like how? I, I right. I was horrible. Um, the little black kid Scott. Like, why did why did Marcus kill him and the oh my god the blood the blood in every scene that had blood in it was trash yeah how you kill a little boy uh, that's maybe maybe 20 years old but you're able to safely tie up uh, uh, Marcus and, and the daughter in the basement right please tell me how that makes sense right you know what I'm sorry the fall from grace was probably above this. I would I would agree. They're definitely in the same category. You know, um, they are. I mean, they're they're they're, they're Kendrick films, but <laughs> um, I mean, this movie. First of all, I mean, from damn near the first scene, yeah. this movie just just jumps off the rails as far as sensibility, because for one, the woman who supposedly looks a lot like quote unquote Ellie. Remember that there's there's a scene where Ellie goes to uh, her old college um, to check up on David, to ask about David and the comment is made that his ex-wife looked a lot like her. The woman that was portraying his ex-wife that we learned, that we later on learned in the film was his wife or whatever. Um, No, I never, I didn't see No Me Alone in in that. Bro, she had a horrible wig. She, uh, <laughs> she was she was black. The the only similarities between Nia Nia's character and that and that lady is that they were black women. Both, that's uh, literally it. I mean, you know, this movie was so. Oh, that's another thing that the tone, the, the cultural tone deafness. The, oh my god. I mean, okay. So anyway, you know, so the the first issue we find is let's talk about a couple. One one uh, we maybe can say this is a good thing. All right, about this film. One, and I'm 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 kind of like reluctant to say this is good or whatever, but if I want to give this film any kind of bright side, right? Mm-hmm. It did portray something. Okay. It did show you something about women. That's very true. Okay. All right. Women, I'm gonna make the point first, I'm gonna, then I'm gonna go into the scene, obviously. Mm-hmm. Women tend to have a have a have a tendency not all of them we don't speak in absolutes around here right 
But women have a tendency, some women have a tendency to know they're going in a fucked up direction, right? Mm-hmm. With another, with a man, with a dude. And they will willingly and will full throttle go into that direction, right? Mm-hmm. Ellie knew full well she wanted to fuck David when she saw him. I believe that, right? Yeah. All right. She she wanted she she knew what was up when she saw him, and you got that's proven in the fact that when they met each other, when they connected, reconnected, whatever, mm-hmm. in the office, she discovered that he was a uh, um, working with the firm or whatever, and oh, we're old college friends or whatever. That shit popped off immediately, right? Yeah. Oh God, I'm about this this movie is so fucking stupid. So. <laughs> that shit popped off immediately in when they, in that scene that they were college acquaintances. They have a college history, right? When they left that room and they go into the hallway and they continue to bullshit ass talk, conversation that should not have happened because she yeah. was married as fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, she knew that. You know what I mean? Of course, later on, when she hemmed up in the bathroom, ripping the drawers ripped off, oh, I'm fucking married. That's when it kind of <laughs> dawned on her and there was a prevention that came, but she knew she was fucking married when she took, when she met the dude or followed the dude you know, dozy dozy do with the dude from the professional setting into the hey, get we get ready to fuck setting when she handed him her business card on some hey, give me a call type of shit. Let's go out, hang out, and have drinks and shit. See, all that shit was we getting ready to fuck. So she gave David that license then. When she gave him that card, she yeah. literally gave him that license then. And I did like that portrayal because that was an honest portrayal of the shit a woman would do. With her married, committed ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know, I'm just, I'm just having out. This is what we do here with this party. We had these kind of conversations. I have been that dude, right? Yeah, that have, yeah. have, have, have talked, you know, have talked to the female in a full blown committed relationship. You wouldn't know that shit, though, in a full blown conversation with my ass. Yeah, yeah. When, we, when, yeah. when we're in that conversation. I'm just, I'm just, that's, that's the way I'm just going to put it out there, like. Yeah. Um. So you know, women learn a lesson from this shit. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> learn a fucking lesson. Stop doing that shit. That shit creates problems. If you well, know you want to fuck them, uh-huh. right? Don't play the the game of of talking to them, but I ain't go fuck them. Don't do that shit. Like that. Don't work like that. Yeah. It don't yeah. work. And that was the game Ellie was going. I, that scene was portrayed in that. And that's the best part of this fucking movie. Is that it showed a level of honesty. And it portrayed the scene normally how the shit play out. I'm familiar yeah. with how that shit go. We 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 meet. You was in a fucking relate. You married as fuck. The whole time, right? You married uh-huh. as fuck. We meet on some innocent shit, but the conversation goes to a certain place. And not a, you know, and you know we going to that certain type of place. <laughs> and then we get to that goddamn place and then you know and in this movie it's bullshit but okay she didn't fuck him but because it's tv 14 so she can't fuck him in the bathroom right it's TV <laughs> but um <laughs> but normally you know them drawers come off and and, the, and and the situation is handled and then we got a fucking problem when in the beginning you shouldn't have gave him your card that card shouldn't have your, never left your wallet and you shouldn't have never had conversations about having drinks and all this other type of shit. It should have been how married you were in the beginning. Right. Just right. Let's walk away with that. Okay. 
Now, to the bullshit, to, to what makes this movie absolutely <laughs> fucking ridiculous, all right? So you're telling me that you can you can automatically make it known and hit it off with this dude in the beginning of the film when you first meet him and let it be known to your damn boss that this is a dude from college. But this mm -hmm. motherfucker, you know what I'm saying, after you've rejected him, you know, after he, from snatching your drawers off, you know what I'm saying, after you've rejected him and, you know, you pushed him away, which is her right to do, which is cool, all right, that's, that's mm -hmm. all right, all right. She pushes him off, she rejects the relationship, he goes batshit, and now, you know, we, I'm fast forwarding to the scene where he seduced her best friend, right? I mean, this movie has all the beats of a crazy, typical thriller boyfriend shit, all the beats to it. Yeah. He, he seduces her friend, <laughs> finesses his way into the house, and you don't think it's necessary to mention maybe this is a dude I went to college with? Yeah, shoot, she act like she didn't even know him. Yeah, I mean, but 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 she says I I didn't have the words to say like what? But you don't want to <laughs> fuck with him, right? You don't want to fuck with him. You see, this motherfucker's really crazy. No. Yeah. Like he's yeah. shown you some 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 full blown insanity. Oh yeah, this motherfucker went to college with me. Hey, David went to college. We went to college with the motherfucker together. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> that's that's what you. Why wasn't that the first thing on your mind? I mean, I get you needed a script though. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the movie gets furtherly further ridiculous because the the logic is compromised, and you got the black people playing this shit. You know what I mean? And yeah. black people don't move like this, man. I mean, black people, this is, you know, and again, you know, the, the light skin representation in this movie was bad, man. Like that, that shit disappointed me. Ugh. Because you got a fucking scene, same scene now I'm talking about. You have a scene where <laughs> you got this dude sitting here <laughs> with your best friend, okay? Now, now Ellie knows this motherfucker's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, at this point, you know this nigga's insane. So, oh, this dude, excuse me. Because I got one nigga off on OT. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a two nigga limit. I'm going to stop. My bad, dude. Let me walk that one back. Bruh, got... I say it so much, I don't even, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> All right, because this is, you got this dude sitting there, right? You know this motherfucker's crazy. Yeah. So he's sitting here and... <laughs> And you you get up to go in the kitchen. The best friends, oh, let me go with you, you know. But dude, the the, the stranger, the, the dude that that my that yeah. my wife don't even know that I yeah. don't even know. The dude, David, oh no no, you stay, I'll go. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so that's not odd in a black man's household. Yeah. But what this motherfucker is for? No, just just dosey -si do because there's a lot of that this shit going on. You just go <laughs> dosey -si do in the kitchen with my wife. And hold her up in the kitchen in a conversation for five, two, and TV time. This is five minutes. All right. Yeah. And I can you have an intense conversation with her, like, and the door is wide open. Like, y'all, like, this motherfucker's exactly. hearing this. Exactly. Is that fucking bad? Like, the movie just, just comes off with so much <laughs> bullshit. There's so much ridiculous shit. Like, there's no cinema here, man. <laughs> this, is, this is just Bruh. dumb. So like, why, why are you in the kitchen with the man's wife in the first place? Like, no, why the fuck you want to go? Like, why the fuck you going in the kitchen with her? No, you're not, dude. Sit the fuck down. What the fuck is wrong with you? 
Yeah. Yeah, that's down. how that conversation should have really gone. And then into the movie. I guess yeah. we're, finna, we're finna have a bloody ass battle right here today. Right, here. right, right now. <laughs> you finna we, you finish be the insane motherfucker right here today then. This is finna come out now because no, you ain't finna go take her. Why you gotta go to the kitchen with her? Sit your ass down. Yeah. And then the, the golf course. This motherfucker had a whole uh with weird ass violent diatribe yeah. against this dude on the golf course. While he's walking towards him, to yeah, I, I would hurt any man that had a woman like that, and I wish I had a woman like that. Like, this, do you hear this, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> can you, can you hear this nigga? Like, this nigga, I mean, he didn't even. <laughs> Not to mention that he's menacing with a golf club. All right, I, I get that that you don't because you, your back is turned, but the shit he's saying is like really off the wall shit. Yeah. And his response is, "Oh, well, sorry about your wife." <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry to hear about your wife. This motherfucker just really said he wanted to fuck your wife and and hurt and take your ass out. He said that shit. There, there was no. <laughs> there wasn't. There wasn't nothing, you know. <laughs> To decipher about what the fuck his man is saying to you. Oh God! <laughs> so the logic in this film was nowhere. <laughs> there was no logic At in all. this movie, right? At all. Now this movie, uh, who directed this movie? This guy has another uh, Netflix movie up too. Um, make sure I'm probably watch it. I, yeah, exactly. I need to make note to avoid with the Brenda Song girl uh, in it from the Disney. But anyway, um, yeah, this dude here really needs to to be put on notice as to like what decade black music uh, exists in. <laughs> now, this, these are two these are two people right who went to college together, and right. this is the year twenty twenty we're currently in, at least twenty nineteen we can say for this film, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to go back 20 years, because this film said that they go back at least 20 years, all right? If you're going to go back 20 years from now, <laughs> you're not going to jump to damn Patrice Russian's 1982, Forget Me Not, right? So for that to have been the musical drive, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that was supposed to be represent, uh, reminiscent, represent the, the, the reminiscent nature of of their relationship through music, that was a horrible fucking decision. Yeah, that was a reckless fucking decision. I guess I mean because he's you know uh, we black, you know just to get the black Patrice Russian. I mean just get just get black <laughs> blackest fucking sound you can just find just whatever you can afford right. for the for the budget or whatever. I mean that just that just made the movie look more cheesy than what it, than what it was. You know what I mean? And just kind of really put it in that zone where it just looked ridiculous. Like 20 years back, you're gonna go to, to the year 2000. You know, you should have found something from like 99 or 2000, right? To play, but and then you can you can tell that was supposed to be like a a, a linchpin to the, to the film because that's what like what's that scene like towards the end? He was like, you know, when he actually lost, went, went went was he was crazy throughout the whole film, but when he really went really crazy, by this time he was full blown crazy. He had broken to the house. You know, what I mean, he had tied up the daughter and shit by this time, right? Mm -hmm. And he's in the uh, in the, in the crib, and he's playing the record. And you know, so now you're reemphasizing oh, yeah. that this is this is 
this is music of our time. If they played this record, you know, must be all night. Like, hey, bullshit. Like, nobody in 99 or 2000 was spinning Patrice Russian vinyl. <laughs> like, <laughs> like where, 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 where were you at? Like, where was the, the filmmaker, I'm saying? Where were you at as far as just the, the research and the, and the, the backdrop I of this film? Definitely so, didn't do it at, at all. Know, at all. That just goes into what makes this movie bad. But. I bust out laughing during that scene, bro. I, I like, I, oh my god, I don't know, man. This is this is horrible. And, and you know what? One one thing that was that annoyed the hell out of me was when um her friend um chose the side of Marcus than Ellie. Mm-hmm. Ellie is trying to warn her. And and tell her, you know, oh, he's not, he's not what he's what he portrayed himself to be, um, this that, and the other, and um, she's just like, no, no, like, you you you're you're a horrible person, and 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 uh, you, you don't love your marriage, and this that, and the other, and and it was it was just, you just met this guy, and you're taking his word over your friend. You know what I'm saying? And and then she got her head bashed in. Like, you know, she well, didn't that shit die, happens. but... You know, I mean, that shit happens. You know, it, women get no, no. up into dudes and they lose they lose reality. Sight. But she friend. literally just let me tell met you the what, guy. What, what really doesn't happen is you, you don't walk up to a motherfucker's apartment and just say, hey, I left some shit in here. I need to get up in there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and get my shit. Like, that don't fucking happen. Man. At all. And, and so, so much of this movie wouldn't have happened in real life. Yeah. So even, to even really put focus on the sensible shit that you could find in the film. You, you know what I mean? Like, the, 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 the story goes in so many dumb directions as far as how it's put, how it, you know, how it pushes the narrative. Yeah. You know, like like I said, like her breaking in this dude's apartment, and like, and and with no obstruction at all, pretty much. She didn't break in. She, the she dude, the, she the woman let her in. Like, come yeah. on, what world is that? That's that Tyler Perry world. Yeah, that's what you I'm know? saying. It, it, it's that's exactly what it put me in mind of. That's the Tyler Perry world, man. You just yeah. hey, I, I left some shit in there. Let me in. Can I get in? <laughs> oh sure. Yeah, I know how it is. <laughs> We've all been there, man. This this is this movie. I don't even know why they made it. I I I don't get it. I don't understand. It was a cash grab, man. It was was a cash grab. It was. It was an opportunity for Neil on the producer film. I'm glad to see a black producer. But no, what I was saying, uh, I think I I don't know. I was probably trying to mention this earlier, but um, I got sidetracked. But she mentioned something on Instagram about how this film had predominantly white cast, I mean, not cast, excuse me, white crew, a white, a white uh, production, you know, she, but she was a producer, her, she, she, her, her herself is a producer on the film, but she made some type of, uh, some type of statement on Instagram saying that she was disappointed with the film um, as far as the production standpoint, because it was pretty much all white people behind that, the scene. And that explains so fucking much. But that's about, what disappointed her. I mean, yeah, exactly. But I, that, I understand what she's yeah. really trying to say, though. Uh, in my judgment, I should say, 
what she's trying to say is this movie was tone deaf because it was so many white folks really driving the engine, of the, you know, the engine of this motherfucker. I mean, I think, that's, I think she like he was trying to say that. Start with the writer too. Like, but they had a black, oh, there's a black woman associated with the story. You know, and, and that, write it though. That's what I'm saying. Like, like this was garbage. Well, the film, I, I believe I read somewhere, and I could be wrong, but I, uh, the film was intended to have white characters. I think by Nia Long coming to the project, she made it a, a black, a, a story that casted black people. But this shit was, was, it was black only in face. The actions, yeah. the psychology, the, <laughs> the logic, none of this shit yeah. was of a black, of a black. This is something I would have expected. And even the music, white. like who the hell was jamming the Patrice Russian in 2000, 99 to right, 2000 right. in college? <laughs> like, no, that didn't exist. At all. It wasn't, it's not real. At all. <laughs> like, like I would have expected, this is, this is what I would expect from those horror films where it's just a bunch of white people in it. Like the the simplicity of thought. This is that's what this would have. I, I never. I don't think anyone. I don't care white or black. I don't think anyone would have acted this way, the way this film went. There was no realism. If there's any any aspect, if there's any race that's going to depict this bullshit though, the way he was depicted in this movie. Yeah. It would yeah. be somebody white. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. only a white one would have the privilege just walking a, a dude's apartment. You know, oh yeah, just, just on face call without 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 questions. You know, yeah, um, yeah. And there's there's a couple of other areas in this movie, man. That just that is the false sensibility. The only good thing I can say I I saw with this film, uh, aside from the credits, was. Um, when 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 Nelly, I mean, when Ellie told Marcus to stop, like he stopped. You know, it wasn't like he was like, "Let's just go," and she she said, "Stop." He zipped up his pants and they walked out of the bathroom. Like right. that's that's literally the only good thing about this movie. Right. That. Man, I'm telling you right now, this her husband. I've not been that disappointed in a character in quite a while. Um, he his name is I think Stephen Bishop. The character is Stephen Bishop. No, his name is Marcus. I'm sorry. His name his name is Marcus. His no, I mean in. In the no, no, the, the, the uh, actor. I'm sorry. Yeah, the actor yeah. Stephen Bishop. Stephen Bishop. Yeah, he he was he was absolute garbage. Um, he couldn't fight for anything. Like I would think that if you know what really pissed me off when they're running out of the house and David is running after them. Um, he tells Ellie when they see that the cop is is clearly killed. And he's just sitting in their driveway, dead. Um, he tells Ellie to call for help, and he'll get her out of out of danger. So he put the daughter in the in her car and told her where to go. I would have thought 
maybe maybe this is just me, but would you not tell your wife to get into the truck and drive off with the kid while you call for help? Or or how about this? Everybody hop into the car at once. Mm. And, and let's all get the fuck out. Let's all get the hell out. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How about that? But no, he tells his wife to go call and he tell it takes him forever to put her the daughter in into the car for her to drive off. And, well, and, I mean, it, but and this was all before, right? She she's fighting this dude. She bashes him in the head with a goddamn flower pot. Yeah, that nice was after. Hand that she doesn't use on him. She just all. takes off running. I, you, you know, know what I mean? And she did. You knock him the fuck out and destabilize him. And instead of stabbing the shit out of him with the knife, stab him, kill him. You, st- you, you take off running. Yeah. You know to look for your folks, which I, I, I you know, I get that. But you know, you, you should have finished the job while you had you, knife and while he was while he was right there. Right. And you know, there's nothing logical about this fucking move because at all. It, it because at she should have not took the game the fucking car in the first place. If she the had the card car in the first place she also uh, lied to her husband while they were in the restaurant and he was asking how how her drinks going with her friend and he she says good exactly, exactly. you know just so she can extend the time with with uh, now, and, and like i said that's the shit in the movie they showed a, a real honest depiction of some of the shit women be on now that's part of the movie i will um so you can get a, a decent takeaway from as far right. as that depiction. Right. Because women do take chances like that. Women, you know, that's that's something that's very realistic. Yeah. And I and I like that. I like that they showed that. And it could because it still goes back to the 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 uh the beginning of what I'm saying is that she could just avoid all this shit if she hadn't played the game with. That's a very realistic aspect of the film that I like. For sure, yeah, they did. They did. They did that relatively well, as far as showing that. But um, as far as the the uh, situations that they put this film in, mm-hmm. they were they were they were, they were it was it was completely uh, I would say nonsensical, man. You know what? And, and one last it wasn't thing, very sensible. It was a real silly ass movie. It was, and and one last thing that pissed me the hell off about this movie. Um, I don't know how in the hell they got to the cliff. Um, the ending, yes. The, the, yeah. The, the worst, one of the worst lines, one of the worst scenes in the movie, the ending. Bro, they got to the cliff. Um, there was a tussle. <laughs> but David ends up on the edge of the cliff, and she literally... After after someone that not just tell they, them tell them what she said, bro. You, I'm, I'm gonna dude, go ahead and wipe it off my notes because that that was gonna be where I was gonna close the shit too. But you can. I, I don't even tell, remember what tell, she actually. I don't even remember what she actually said. But it was like it's the fact that you're you're this dude you saw has killed a cop. He killed your daughter's boyfriend, which I still don't understand why he killed him. He um, showed up, I guess, and <laughs> I <think laughs> he was he already there. They, she left them there fixing the Thanksgiving dinner. I think she told him to take her hand or some shit, right? As he was going off the cliff. She, yes. As he was going off the cliff. Yes. Like, take my hand. Or, uh, she, she's screaming for him. Yeah, David, she's trying no. to save him. 
David, no, save. I'll you know, take my hand or some shit, she said. This man Something just tried to saved. kill you. She tried to save the motherfucker, though. Clearly, yeah. she tried to save him. He just tried to kill he your, some, uh, your, yeah. your family, and yeah. he's trying to, trying to, he's stalking you. Yeah. And you're trying to save him? For what? For what? Kick him down. Like, yeah. I, I just, this whole thing, man, I, I, there was there was really nothing about this film that I liked. This movie I, was a dog, man. This it was, was a dog. This was shit was a dog. I hated it. I think it was a waste of great black talent because uh, yeah. Omar Epson and Neil Long, they're royalty. Not oh, on disrespect. Yeah. Um, the pedigree of, of those two actors. At all. But um, they, uh, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't deliver. You know, I, I got to put this one on their shoulders because they, they, the, they were the stars of this. They, were, they had the responsibility of carrying that This was their movie. Yeah. You know, they had the responsibility of, of carrying this one. Um, Neil Long was, was not very present in this one. Mm -mm. I didn't, th this is the worst I've ever seen her. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and I'm not talking about physical. I'm not saying that she, mm -mm. as far as anything like that. I'm just saying as far as uh, performance, as far as uh, articulating emotion, the shit was, I mean, it, 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 it this was fit for lifetime. Yeah, you know, this, this was not oh, this was right. not a film to be taken serious. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I'm I'm assuming this this was an entry for her to get her some producing uh, bearings in because she she produced this film. You can applaud that, I guess. But um, you know, she 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 leaves a lot to be desired. You know, um, as far as Omar Epps. Again, man, like I, I, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on with this, you know, with with, with him on here. You know, he, I, I can tell he, he, he was very conscious that he was trying to play a crazy dude, right? Yeah. But I still saw him sleepwalking through this one, man. Like, you know, I, it just felt like a performance that he was just, just trying to get through. That you know, I'm, I'm just showing up to work type of performance. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing to see here, man. At all. <laughs> There's nothing to see here. At all. You know, it's, 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 it's a funny movie to watch if you just want something to shit on. And I hate to shit on Tyler Perry when, we, when we're not even shitting on his movies, <laughs> you know, because it just come off like bullying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, this, this is some out of Tyler Perry's universe. You know, it's just a movie to be a movie. It's yeah. just something to do. You know, it exists. Yeah, and that's all you can really say about this. Yeah, I, I, I don't even, um, I don't know, I don't know. Poor Scott, that that kid didn't deserve to die like that, man. Yeah, he just he he was just kind of dead in the movie. I, I'm assuming that from what I recall of it, he might have showed up. It was a wrong place at the wrong time scenario. Well, no, he was there you know, already. Like, well, was how was he there. dead? But the that's oh, what I'm. That's what I'm trying to figure out, because he was literally there cooking Thanksgiving dinner with the family. Okay. And they were pre they were prepping stuff. The, the dad told the daughter uh, to to make sure she does something with the turkey or something like that. Like they were they were having, and then she got called to the office. That's when she uh, realized her secretary was killed. Um, and she comes back and she walks in the door. She sees. Poor Scott sitting out all alone on the deck 
with a bright, bright spotlight on him. And he's just dead. It's like he got a little stab wound or something like that in the chest. Like it was just, it, I, I don't even know, man. This, this was, this was weird. There was nothing. And then they didn't even show how he got killed. Like what, there was no weapon that was used to kill the kid. Like, I don't even, I don't know. The movie was all over the place. The plot had no structure. The, the film made no sense. Uh, the 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 storyline was regurgitated, and um, they didn't know what the hell they were doing. This was, is, it was it was supposed film, to be a thriller with no thrill. There was no thrill at all. Yeah. The the, the was this no was a thrill. film I would expect um, to get from like let's say like a sixth grade class doing a, a you know writing a film or something like that. I mean, it's efficient for lifetime. You know, it's efficient to throw them, you know, in the afternoon and running in between commercials, you know, selling women uh, feminine products and, 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 you know, different detergents and shit, you know, for advertisement. You know, it sells, it sells product type of movie. Yeah. It's not a movie to take serious. It's a movie that's to kind of watch, you know, while you're, while you're folding your laundry or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, and, I and, and I and I can get that. I'm I'm cool with that. It's just that I I thought Netflix was was going in different directions with film, and I guess they not. You know, I, I guess they're just trying to, uh, you know, keep content full and 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 fill up a slot. They're not they're not really looking for uh, anything to, to draw any type of real critical acclaim. I guess <laughs> when it comes to these movies, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like I said, that, those movies have a place. These actors they need to work. And you know everybody doesn't want to be entertained with a real deep ass story. I get that. People just right. want to watch something to keep them through the day, or just burn a couple of hours with. And that's all this fucking movie serves. It's just something to do if you just want to watch something on in the airport or while you are folding your clothes or something. There's yeah. nothing to get from this movie if you really like movies. And that's why I'm probably gonna stay away from everything on Netflix. As I said earlier, that's TV 14 <laughs> because I'm starting to, to to get the impression that's the formula for just to drop some shit to make some money or to just build the content. That's all they're doing over there. Was, was this the first TV 14 film they've done or? Uh, I, this I is what I noticed. This, the, this is the first I noticed. Uh, I noticed when they dropped a little rating in the corner, it said TV 14. Okay. And I was kind of, you know, said, you know, kind of step back from that, but not, not, I see why it was, it was, it was just meant to, to, to cater to a certain audience, to cater to a certain viewer. And that's just somebody who just wants something to watch. Yeah. You know, you got people out there who really, and I know people like this, you know, who just really just want to watch stuff because black people are in it. They don't give a fuck what it is. You know, they just rather see black people doing shit on screen. They rather see black stories. They really don't watch uh, stories uh, dealing with broke back mountain shit. They don't really watch stories, <laughs> with, you know, white people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> They just want to watch black people on screen. And that's, that's, that's cool. And this yeah. is one of those movies, you know, and I can tell that's kind of what maybe um, Neil Long brought to the project is that, hey, I'm a producer. This is a pretty good story. Let's just cast some black, some black people in. It's a black, it's making around a black family. But the psychology of this film is so the fuck off. It doesn't even exist, really. There's no psychology in this film. At all. There's no investment at all of any storytelling. Or any um, or, or any intention to, to to try to get you to to try to feel anything for these fucking characters. It's just 
you know, let's just this, 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 this have a woman on here that cheats on her dude almost and has to chase off a crazy motherfucker. That's it. And we'll just throw everything else at the wall and see what sticks. Don't and, waste your time with this one, folks. Yeah. You, this ain't worth your time. Man. At all. And the, and and the last thing I think that I could say that really bugged me was the fact that he was, the, the, the husband was just like so forgiving of the fact that his wife was about to, to have sex with, with some random guy that he never heard of. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't even act upset long enough. He like, he, he was just like, okay, you know, like, I'm not going to forget it, but yeah, you're stuck with me. You're stuck with me and I'm stuck with you. Like, yeah, stuck with me. get the hell out of here, man. Yeah. I, I, this, that, I can't do that. I waste can't do time. that. Yeah. This was a waste of time. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this one on that note, man. We appreciate y'all rocking with us for yet another one. Uh, no Chase Film Society D. Yes, sir. Uh, I think we kind of talked off mic about new Spike Lee one for the next one, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So that's what it is. Then the next one will be the Five Bloods. We're gonna talk about that one, and we're gonna probably have an extended um, Spike Lee conversation. Oh yeah, I this think next that, episode. I think it deserves that. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, the Five Bloods on Netflix. Y'all might want to check that out. We'll be back next week. We're back on track, folks. All right, we we took yeah. we did the sabbatical thing. That's that's kind of what we do. But uh, we miss y'all, and I understand. You know, well, first of all, before I go, a big shout out to all the OTS uh, platform shows out here, platform uh, subscribers, and everything of that nature. Um, big things are happening with OTS, so please follow OTS on Instagram. Um, I'll let Derek give you give you his credentials on that. Oh yeah, um, it's uh, at OTS guys all platforms um, on all OTS. platforms. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, check them out, man. But uh, No Chase Film Society is definitely back in the rotation with uh, the rest of the shows, man. So just keep us in mind when y'all are uh, doing your podcast thing. Um, also, man, you can get get at me. I am Chris Ali. Uh, I am Chris Ali on IG and IG only. Also, uh, you can follow the society, NC Film Society on Instagram as well, NC Film Society. So uh, with that note, man, uh, Purple Rain, go check it out. Fayla Fair, fuck that shit. Just go ahead and see the first one. Go, go to Fayla Attraction with Michael Douglas and the other white lady in that movie. Go see that one. Just, just avoid this shit altogether, all right? Please. Uh, on that note, man, D, it's been a good one, bro. It's it's great, man, and and it's great to be back. Great to be back, man. And we'll do it again, man. In the meantime, watch a damn movie. Yeah, no chase.